0: You're listening to another Type 40 Live Doctor Who podcast from the Spacebook. Audio editions of our video content originally streamed to YouTube and other platforms. A quick reminder, this is recorded completely live, and we interact with viewers across those platforms in real time. The occasional detail may get lost in translation, we're working on that, and the odd swear word may pass one or more of our lips. So this show may not be suitable for the under-15s. Now that's all straight. Good afternoon, good morning, or good, good evening, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to Type Forty Live. Your Doctor Who concentrated two-ish hours of geeky, timey-wimey talk here from us on the Spacebook channel. We are sitting comfortably. It's been quite a quite a busy forty-eight hours, certainly by recent standards. Maybe even seventy-two. We're going to get to all that in a moment. I'm going to bring people on. We're going to have a chat about Doctor Who, the Doctor Who universe. A one companion in particular, too. And we're going to take a trip back in time on this day, as always. All those segments coming up for your pleasure there. With me, Dan Hadley, Birmingham's king of the geeks. Got the Type 40 waiting behind me to take off here. Good to see you all. I'm going to bring people on in a second, but I'm going to check in with you first, particularly if you're in Great Britain where it's a really, really hot day. So, I don't know how you've got us on screen at the moment. Maybe you've got us on your phone. You're out and about in the park listening or watching along to to uh, Type 40 Live there. I don't know. Do, doing this over the, or in your shades. There we are. That could be it. Got a fair few people here. Good to see. Good to see. Ahoy, shipmates. Ahoy, Crimplin. Ahoy. Good, uh, good morning, everyone, says retro doc. Greetings. Oh, the Geek Inside is back inside, back inside the live chat. Yes, because we are streaming live to YouTube. Of course we are. The world's largest streaming platform, and over onto Facebook where we've got the Type Forty Facebook group and the Facebook page. There'll be more streaming places and platforms coming along soon. We can guarantee that. Heidi High Campus that's an old, that's an old one. Derek Brady, good to see you here too. Yeah, the old ones are the best ones. There's one particular Doctor Who cast member that always reminds me of uh, of Heidi High. I don't know if you can guess guess who that is oh. uh, ha-ha. howdy folks howdy Digby Strawbridge hope everyone is keeping safe and well we are we're under under guidelines for a little longer here in the UK so we haven't really got much much saying in the matter really and uh, you've got a compliment there from from uh, Gary Gary Akers the retro doc anyone who hasn't yet listened to yesterday's stream by Simon, by Simon and Dan reviewing the Achilleus book god I I got it right all the way through that show. Yeah, give it a listen. It was a fantastic stream. It's funny you should mention that, Gary, because I'm about to bring on Simon Horton, the original Hunatic. How about this, Simon? I know. We've we've got a a bit of fan mail here from Gary. (laughs)
1: Thank you, (laughs) Retro. Doc, what what a wonderful way to start this afternoon with a lovely comment about about the Chris Akuleos uh, review. So, Thank you for that. Glad I'm here.
0: Yes. So anybody who hasn't seen, if you're over on on Facebook or anywhere else, or if you just haven't seen the notifications, we dropped a podcast yesterday. It's our 80th edition of the Type 40 podcast. And as a bit of a celebration, because although 80 isn't a big number... It, it sort of is. I think they're all they're all kind of big numbers at the decade slot, aren't they? So we thought we'd try something different, didn't we, Simon? We made Brilliant. a podcast and video combo, didn't we? So this, we is what, did. this is what people have got to look for. And what was the subject matter, Simon? It was a bit yeah, of a well, pet subject of ours, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was definitely a pet subject of mine. It was a, it was a, a, a review of the new Chris Akileos book, Clack. Um, that's with three K's. Um, and, uh, and what was fun, we did. We tried something even more new with this, Dan, didn't we? We actually used, believe it or not, three cameras on this shoot, uh, on, on the video version of this. Get a load uh, of us. Three cameras. Hey, there's no stopping us now. I'll tell you what, you know, it, it, it's <laughs> onwards and upwards for us. So, uh, yeah, and it's. I, I have to say, we're not blowing our own trumpet, but it is, it is a good show because we, we just are wildly enthusiastic about the subject matter. We could have talked and talked and talked, couldn't we, Dan?
0: Yeah, so this is what you've got, got to look for, whether you like your podcasts traditionally through your ears or on screen, you want to see us as well as hear us and get a look inside that art book as well before you decide whether to pull the trigger or not, definitely go for it, definitely go for it. This is mm-hmm. what you've got to look look out for on the right here on the Spacebook channel and on the left on the podcatcher of your choice. You can't really go wrong. And um, yes, we, we make odd videos there from time to time where we're not live, but this, this is completely live. So we've got the live chat full of comments from some such as Gary. And we have more of our friends and companions waiting in the green room now to come on. here. Here's the first one. We're getting, uh, yeah, Regal again with Queen Charlotte. Welcome back, oh, Charlotte. <laughs> How are things? You okay?
2: Good. I'm trying not to like... St- melt <laughs> <It's ridiculous, laughs> yeah. isn't
0: it? it is a little bit like that isn't it it's so what have you been doing since we last spoke have you been watching lots and lots of doctor who have you been reading what have you been doing
2: oh god a mixture of class i think the last classic i watched was oh warriors of the deep that was interesting oh. i love warriors. warriors of the deep Here's the i thing. know I, I didn't hate it i did not hate it i thought i would there's is that the first time did... you've watched it Charlotte? Yeah. at all yeah yeah
0: Really? Wow. <laughs> well, I know somebody. I bet JT's got an opinion about Warriors of Deep. In fact, he's probably been drinking with the Merka. Let's find
3: out. <laughs> drinking with the worker. Well, there's a funny story about that. I not, no I'm um uh, no I'm like that. Simon. I, I, yeah, I like. Uh, I can watch Warriors of Deep very, very happily. But hello, spacebookers! Uh, welcome to summer in the United Kingdom. It is beautiful. It is gorgeous, and it's a fantastic time at the moment. I am really excited about today's show. It's going to be a cracker
0: it's lots to talk about. Welcome to other people joining us in the chat. We've got quite, yeah, quite a lot of people watching and commenting. Good day, everyone, says Vanessa Law. Good to see you, Vanessa. Got lots of comments coming up from Vanessa later on about the subjects. Always good to see you. And uh, I'm still thinking about those hot cakes that were mentioned on yesterday's show. I think that seems to have stuck with people, the hot cakes. People are mentioning that almost as much as the time that you were, said you were thinking about jo-
1: uh, dyeing your hair blue, Simon.
2: you're <laughs> not going to live that down.
1: I'm not. It, listen, I, I, I never say never. I haven't said I'm not doing it yet. I'm, I'm building up to it. Next <laughs>
0: lockdown. <laughs> Greetings <laughs> oh, sorry, to JT. everyone. <laughs> Greetings to all in the chat. Sorry, from Darren Powers there. And Sadako's here too. With a, hey, Ian. Hey, Ian. Hey, Ian, indeed. Hey, Mega Geek. Hey, Ian, David Diaz. Welcome back to Type 40 Life, my friend. How are you?
4: I'm all right. How's it going? Can you hear me? <laughs> Obviously, can you hear me? Yes, you yeah. can.
0: Hear
3: me.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you? Hello, it's just too man. warm.
4: <laughs> Bloody Listen, world, don't it?
3: complain because tomorrow we're going to be complaining. It's going to be bl- bloody freezing, so don't co- enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a British thing, by the way, for people outside the United Kingdom. This is what we do: we complain about the weather, It'll come rain or shine,
0: constantly, yeah, constantly. Derek Brady's here. He's moved home, so I want to say, yeah, we hope you're oh. very happy in your new home, Derek. I know it's been a bit of a mare, my friend, but Derek's been a long-standing mem- member of our Facebook group before it was even called Type Forty. So we're just good. To- it's good to see you settle. We hope you're going to be both very, very happy and that all the stress is over. And you've got a nice uh, a nice garden area you you can relax. Oh, yay! This. Lovely. Yeah,
5: well, happy days, Derek. Happy
0: days. Nice Derek, happy board. days.
2: Happy and, days. Lots,
0: lots and lots of hellos there. Yes, Hi, talking, about, talking about happy days, we've been sent some beautiful pictures here. I've got to show you these. So, where, where is it? Where's the first one? So, uh, I wondered if you've uh, seen this. How aware of you? Now, I know some of you. Have listened to more big finish than others, but you're aware of the work of the actor Paul McGann, of course, who played the Eighth Doctor a couple of times on TV and continues to do so, on, so to do so on audio. So here he is. Here's, here's Paul McGann. Here's Paul McGann yeah. a few years ago sporting yeah. his uh, second of I think he's got three different looks now that they, they sort of bring out on the covers of these things. But there he is with the leather jacket and the Merce the over his shoulder and his very own sonic screwdriver there, if you can see it, clutched in his right hand. That was designed and built by the people at Weta, who were the Lord of the Rings prop people. And they, they made it specifically. They made Yeah, they designed it wow. and made it specifically for wow. Paul. And what? they gave it to him when he went for a convention because they felt that they felt that his doctor needed his very own design of Sonic. That I was bet. generally the story, I think. Yeah. And it's a, fo- it and I think it, because because <laughs> well, because the audios had caught the guys at Weta, that the audio dramas had caught their imaginations. And so they wanted to sort of help fill out, I suppose, the the world of the Eighth Doctrine, make it a little bit more particular to him, So it's got that whole steampunk thing going on. But Mm -hmm. it didn't just catch their imaginations. It's also caught the imaginations of fans out there, too. And some of them are very, very clever. So we've got one here. So this has been sent in by a friend of mine, long-standing friend of mine. And he's very, very handy. And what he's done, he went out and he bought a sonic screwdriver that you can find in the shops. So we've got this first picture here. This is what he started with. So there's the uh remnants of a Matt Smith sonic that was bought in the shops there, like that. On the yeah, on the left. And there are three 3D printed parts to a Paul McGann, big finish Dark Eyes Sonic screwdriver. Driver. I think that's what they call it. There on the left. And bit by bit by bit by bit started putting it together fe- uh, feeding in lights and cables and and eventually and eventually wow. painting it up so that is the end result there and That's i just cool. thought this was absolutely spectacular now my friend has got a son he's very young he's only a, he's certainly a primary school age lad and it's because he'd sort of latched onto the eighth doctor and specifically fixated on his sonic screwdriver and uh, of course so Putting this together over a period of time, I think it took him a few weeks for him to research the exact look. And uh, yeah, of course, after it was done, he presented it to his son. His name's Elian. and uh, here's the here's the picture. Here, I've got it on screen. Great. This is this is the new Aww. the new Doctor and his new Sonic there. As you can see, he's, he's been practicing the eyes there. there I'm going to say <laughs> he sat on it. Aww. <laughs> off he broke,
4: broke it. it. Yeah. He's yeah. giving it
0: give get a little bit of Capaldi there, isn't he, Charlotte? With the eyes,
2: yeah, he's adorable. And isn't it <laughs> isn't it's just adorable. lovely to
1: see kids of that age engaging with Doctor Who? That's what we want. Bring yeah. it on. it has got
0: Matt Smith's hair. He's got Peter Capaldi's eyes and he's got poor McGann's sonic screwdriver, which is, you know, you could lay like, claim to be one of the nicest designed, I think. So, yeah, I, I thought that was I thought that was lovely. It's, I mean, not only is it, Simon, because nice. we've mentioned this a few times, haven't we, about 3D printing? Yeah. About how it, sort of, it blows our minds, really. I what still it can don't be. get it. I'm far
1: too old to understand <laughs> 3D printing. It's magic. To me, it is absolute magic. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so yeah, I only thought knows that everybody loves
1: like it. That. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah
0: so i i thought that you guys would like to see that too and if you've got a 3d printer and if if this is the kind of thing that you do we'd love to see which projects you've got going on which doctor who related projects or just products projects generally make us go green with envy just as green as what? the uh as the end of uh alien sonic screwdriver there so yeah congratulations alien we hope you can enjoy using that and yes uh, we look forward to seeing you cast as the whatever doctor sometime in the future may be. But, yeah. Well, we're all doctors <laughs> now.
1: Every, every single person's a doctor, aren't <laughs> they? I mean, officially, it's all good. So. Well, the yeah. doctor can be
4: anything these days, can yeah. he? According to yeah. history now. Absolutely. Been, uh, hi, guys.
0: More highs, more highs in the chat. Hi, Dwayne. Yes, Dwayne is the host of the Sirens of Time podcast. That they were good enough to have me as a guest on this last week. I mean, Believe bad. it or not, they're still talking to me. Everybody, they're still talking to me. <laughs> Sadako, twenty four. Three D printing is beyond my understanding. Yeah. It's not me not too. just us, Simon. It's not just us after all. I'm I'm with. Uh, same here. You need all the stuff to feed the printer. Where do you get it? Oh, yeah, it's magic of...
1: I swear, it is magic. It just appears from, from thin air. That's the it only do- could, it be, could it be dust, JT? Do you think that's what it is? <laughs> dust?
3: Yeah. <No. laughs> is it re- the recycling of dust? <laughs> no, I think what they do is they put a big sheet of plastic in one end and then it goes through the machine and it comes out the other as whatever you want it to be. I think that's how it works.
4: Get, yeah. Get that's Get how it out. works. That's how it <laughs> works. Great panel today. You can make an iron and everything. You can do anything on those things. Crazy. Yeah, you got yours
3: that way, didn't you? It took you ages to print that thing off. Yeah, it yeah, did.
4: <laughs> <laughs> kind of All right. Yes, moving yeah. Thank you. Yes, He wears are on Saturday
3: <laughs> evenings.
0: <laughs> and we've got Matt just check.
5: Hello, Matt. Hello, Matt. We've got,
0: got Matt
2: today, just, just checking in. That way. That way.
0: Ian in Hello. the chat oh, too. And uh, cool, yeah.
2: Sirens of audio,
0: Dan.
1: Sirens of audio. You can't even get it right you're on the show.
0: <laughs> the heat is affecting us all, Dwayne. We're not like you guys in Tasmania. We're not oh. used to it. We're not used yeah, to it at all. Exactly. But yeah, it's the sirens of audio, sorry. I do keep getting that mixed up. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's um Doctor Who's all over Twitter, everybody. And Doctor yeah. Who is like quite rash. often it's quite often all over Twitter, and uh, because obviously Twitter is uh, you know for all its successes it's a bit of a home to the creative community and Doctor Who fans are very, very creative and uh, that creativity extends from what we've just been looking at really from 3D printing and, and painting and digital art and cosplay and all those things It's all you know that's why I kind of enjoy Twitter for all <laughs> for all that it's <laughs> I, I know I know. <laughs> but, you know
5: yeah, exactly. all, all
0: life is on Twitter, but I no, have it's noticed. Not. I have noticed. <laughs> not. all, all weird
3: life is on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's if right. Angela Rippon's probably... not on it, I don't want to know. <laughs>
0: yeah. If Angela, Angela Rippon, <laughs> let's go back with. Yes, so uh, there's been Doctor Who news over the last few days, and this particular story broke, I think it was either Friday or Saturday, when uh, the cover to the Doctor Who annual for 2021 <laughs> was revealed now this is out on September the second and uh, this is what it's gonna look like this wow. time that's lovely it's you think, yeah, so that this, the logo this caused, <laughs> this caused this caused <laughs> quite a stir why and uh because it's pu- yes but it's being published in September <laughs> it's been published in September and it's up for pre-order now but the, the problem is of course it's 2022. We, yeah. Doctor Who is on screen. There's a new season about to begin. We're only a few months in the rearview mirror, that last special. We've got new episodes to air, and we are technically in the middle of an era. And yet there's no Doctor on this cover. For the very first time, there is no Doctor wow. on the cover of the Doctor Who wow. annual. That is that is a big deal. Now, wow. Mm. I noticed Thank this, insta- God, I noticed I this instantly. I noticed this instantly. I noticed this instantly, and I think most people did too. I mean, not yeah. only is it a very stark and very simplistic design, but and it don't. is massive—absolutely massive—for a doctor not to be on the cover of this annual. Here's just a a few. I think this is everything up to 2011. It's, it it's continued, continued along these-
4: at the bottom.
0: Sorry, it's <laughs> it just looked like Steve <laughs> <at the bottom>. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it's continued <laughs> along along these lines since. But JT not having the doctor on the front cover of an annual—it's—it is monumental, isn't it? And it, and it speaks volumes.
3: Totally, oh, totally, part. and utterly, the message is very much there. Um, you know, and I, it's amazing how this how this whole twatter army um, have gone mental since uh, Monday morning. I, I know all about this book cover because this book cover was was uh, tweeted by Paul Lang out of sheer innocence because he's written the contents of which he is very insistent that. Uh, JW appears in every page within the book, but as we ha- all know, and as we have said on many, many occasions, anything with her face on it does not sell the merchandise, and the sales of the annual have gone down over the last few years. From even the Capaldi sales, uh, from t- what would that be? That would be the twenty eighteen annual, wouldn't it? And then it's gone, it's gone down. Last year, I was seeing. The Doctor Who annual for fifty pence in various WH Smith and Tesco's, and That's I wasn't going to cool. buy that then either. <laughs> you know, so this is this shouldn't be a shock to anybody. But of course, the small contingent of Jodie fans, it's a huge insult and a huge controversy. But the rest of us who have any sort of amount of common sense know they're just following what everybody else has been doing.
0: Yeah, I think that the, the rest of us, as soon as we saw that design, it pretty much sealed the deal, really, that Doctor Who as as a brand, never mind as a TV show for a while, obviously the TV show does come first, but as as a brand, as a line of merchandise, as an intellectual property that's got to that's got to make money that because people buy licenses, don't they, to make merchandise, Simon. That's what they buy licenses from the BBC to make yeah. Doctor Who annuals, Doctor Who mugs, Doctor Who t-shirts or whatever. They pay a fee for those rights, and depending on the the value of the brand, obviously dictates how much a license would cost. So these are actually published by Penguin Books, I believe, aren't they? Rather than BBC Books. So Penguin would have have paid for the license, and it would have been their decision what goes. They would have commissioned Paul Lang, wasn't it? They would have commissioned Paul Lang to write it, and they will ultimately decide what goes on the cover. Not the BBC, not Chris Chibnall. They may well approve it, they approve it, done. yes. Yeah.
3: That, yeah. That's the big thing about it as well. All images on these merchandises, whether it goes from the character options figures to the magazine cover to the annual, to any, any cassettes, and CDs, whatever, it's always approved by the BBC.
2: Yeah, yeah the, and the there, was, there, was, there was also another bit of merch that they're releasing like <laughs> classic stories with doctors put in, and it was a Jodie story, and they put Missy on the cover of that book. That's yeah, that's yes. really wow. yeah. The wonderful
0: like, Doctor of Ours, as it called. The yeah. Doctor of Ours, yeah. yeah. Last yeah. Week, yeah.
2: And the, wow. And the, and the Tenant book, which is like a Camelot, by the look yes. of the Arthur story, that's got ten front and centre, but on Jodie's book, it's yeah. Missy. So it's yeah. like a double punch of those of yeah. that and the Admiral. Yeah. Yeah, it is.
3: yeah, I mean, it's as though somebody has twigged to what we've been saying since their first series. You know, so somebody has actually went, oh, hang on a minute look at these figures, no, you know, this isn't selling, the show isn't working. And and that's part of the bigger picture, isn't it? Well, exactly. the, we, we we all know the show has flopped. It hasn't worked. It needs to come off the air. It needs to have that rest. Everybody working on it now, as we've always discussed, they need to go. Um, and it's as though, and I think this is what's upsetting various people on, 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 on Twitter, you know, it, I think they are suddenly realising, oh, hang on a minute, uh, uh, what are you admitting here?
1: Well, I think the other thing, thing is this, this, it, this, 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 this cover. The, the the annual cover really shows uh, panic on my part <laughs> from where I'm standing. Because if you think back to, to, to when we were trying, they they were trying to sell us this idea of Jody as the Doctor it was Jody everywhere. I and mean, we got sick of those generic pictures of her and there were rainbows everywhere and, and multicolored yeah. planets spinning everywhere. And it was it was, it was was basically an explosion in a paint factory, a, a multicolored paint factory. You know, you're right. Whereas you're this gone right. extreme. And so, and you could see what, what market they were trying to go for. And now they've gone completely against that. And we've gone for this really bland, uninspiring, generic, as somebody else said in the chat earlier, generic cover. Um, yep. That doesn't actually appeal to anybody. It's so bland. It wouldn't Absolutely. insult anybody, but it wouldn't offend well, anybody. But that shows but, the crisis of confidence. With on the their dawn,
0: path. with the dawn of the Whitaker era, they did try and move the brand forward.
1: Yes. Mm. Whereas this iconography.
0: Backwards. Yes, this iconography is. We've got the glyphs there again. You see that glyphs. Yeah, yeah. Glyphs are. I don't know about Moffat here. Admit, uh, the glyphs are the RTD era, really. Yes, but they were the same. In,
3: got... They were the same with Moffat to an extent as well, Dan, weren't they? Because the uh, you know even in the show themselves, they used the uh, the, the Gallifreyan
1: text
3: in inverted commas.
1: But, but whatever, yeah. this is definitely not Jodie Whittaker style. You know, the unicorns and the rainbows are out. Apparently, thank God. Bear in
3: mind as well that Danilo, who published the calendars,
1: got wind of this
3: a couple of years ago. And what they did, of course, last yeah. year, as we've spoken about on the show, is that where originally they would have had two calendars up until Whittaker and Chibnall came along. Um, they would have had the original Doctors up until up until Smith and then they would have had, Cap- had Capaldi's calendar. Well, when Whittaker comes along, the two ranges, you've got a pure one about Jodie Whittaker and um, Chris Chibnall's era. And then you've got the second one, which was the previous Doctors, with Whittaker shoehorned in as though they were forcing yeah. her onto that market. Um, so, yeah, there's lot saying about the calendar. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But again, um, you know, as I found out and as we've discussed before, the, the figures were not good for Danilo last year when it came to the sales of their calendar with the past Doctors. With her shoehorned in, so it'd be interesting to see how they're reacting because uh, they will be announcing their calendar range from July onwards.
0: Now, yeah. This it's simple really fact. Realistic. Simple fact is, guys, that that people do not buy these books, and this is it's simply because that they are not as invested in the series anymore. Correct. Because Jodie Whitaker's era, everything that Chris Chibnall has put out has been the sort of whatever anti Viagra is for the fandom. This is it. This is a guarantee that people will not pre-order. People will not pay. They will not pay out their money. And just as there is not a market for food that no one eats, there isn't a market for books that no one reads or even want to have on their shelves, is there, Ian?
4: Yeah, it's a shame because it's 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 obvious what's happening, and the BBC obviously won't admit that this era of Doctor Who is a huge failure. Of course, they won't admit that, but it also mirrors what happened in Marvel as well with um, Captain Marvel, oh. where they're trying to shoehorn her into an already ten-year established hero base, and this is what mm. they're trying to do with Jodie. They're trying to shoehorn her into the popular doctors. I mean, everybody, mm. of of course, um, Picoldi, Picoldi's years wasn't um, as as popular say as Matt or or David's but He at least he was on the cover of his own annuals, you know what I mean. Yeah. The, this one, it's just she's not there. But I, I mm-hmm. think it's very kiddified, that design, isn't it? The, the well, it is the, the, the annual. The, yeah, the,
3: the, the annuals now though. Um, originally, when it was it was the Doctor Who Adventures team, which that magazine, of course, was supposed to be um, was supposed to be a comic for the younger market. It was released yeah, yeah. back when Tenant was there, and then it came through. It came through. It came through. They did try to relaunch it in the Whitaker era, and it flopped huge. It was a massive massive flop um and i don't know if people remember that and it didn't help simon that it had bloody sticker sheets girl power fluffy rainbows <laughs> uh, you know all, the unicorns, oh all that unicorn all that nonsense please get gone Thing uh, is so though. the so the adventures flock, but that's where the, the the annual is very much and if you look at the comic strip um ian if you can actually mm. um, find some gloves lift this up when it's released and have a look at it <laughs> um, you, you know the, the the artwork for myself is 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 not as imaginative as it should be in an okay. annual and it's certainly not we all what we were all brought up with that beautiful gorgeous good old fashioned yeah. art in the proper annuals
4: they, they used is a to have kids have, book. they
3: used they're to very paint. they
4: used to have if you go back into the seventies the Doctor Who annuals in the seventies they have sometimes have really good paintings of say Patrick Trouton or do you know what I mean on the cover and stuff that I remember oh, yeah. somebody some looking in the catalog ca- yeah. circling the Doctor yeah. Who annual in the catalog yeah. yeah well when they, you were they a kid. used to be they used yeah. to be yeah.
0: very very thick annuals now they're down to around forty pages that's the yeah, industry I standard I know seven ninety nine but, 799. but yes. to have an intellectual seven ninety nine annual yeah. you see Star Wars does. Star Wars does this in between big movies, doesn't it? If there's not a big movie in cinema, or there has been within a six month period, because they put out an annual every year too. And if if there's nothing specific to promote within a certain boundary, they will put something generic on a Star Wars annual, like a Tie Fighter or a Death Star. They'll put something emblemic on the front like that. But never <laughs> when there's something to promote. Never when there's something to promote. We are about yeah. to go into a. We've just had a special. There's plenty of imagery from that special with the Daleks in that I can never remember the you name. You call of. that special? We've got an entire <laughs> we've got an entire season coming up now. I'm sure that they could have, have let them have one or two <laughs> brand new pictures. Maybe, maybe Chris, if Christian look can lend anybody a hand at all with a license for this brand. Well... But I, I believe because a few weeks ago I saw this listed in in a, a trade solicitations and there was a cover for the 2022 annual that did have Jodie Whittaker on it. Wow, So It was put, really? in, it was put up for order for people in the trade, I I would imagine. I don't, I don't know who does that anymore, but Comic Co used to do it. I can't remember the name of the company that do it now. So I saw the original cover to the 2022 annual, even if it was just a placeholder, but somewhere along the line, yes. they, some, they haven't decided, oh, this year we'll just have a big TARDIS because it'll be different. It'll be we, we're going we're going simplistic. That I don't believe that was the decision at all. Somewhere on the line, somebody has looked at that and thought we need to turn these sales around. Yes. This This character is not popular. Get her off the cover. Also, that
3: that cover you you may have seen with uh, JW on it would have been a holding frame anyway while the proper cover was being designed, as you know. Because what happens, of course, is that when you go to the... Well, in the old days, it used to be just booksellers, but now any Tom, Dick, or Harriet will take a book. They, you know, you can anybody can take these in. You can find them in garden centres now, can't you? Uh, you know, but anybody can order them. But to get the order, the sales orders in from the likes of Waterstones, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I can't think of any other booksellers these days, to be honest. But you know, um, they have to have the 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 trade catalogue in uh, early February to start placing the orders for the great. the, the, the oh, annuals that come out in August. Yeah. So that would have been there. But also, the other thing about this is the importance of the look of the annual, the look of any book for the magic word you said there, Dan, for sales. Um, uh, you know, cause especially with annuals, who tends to buy the annuals? It tends to be grandpa or grandma or mum and dad for young, young children. And no, that's yeah. what would have hit over the last few years. If the kids have decided, we don't like this new version of Doctor Who, then the parents and the grandparents are very aware of that. So anything with that image on will not be bought. If it's just the generic of the TARDIS,
0: you may see an increase, a slight increase, yeah, in the book, yeah, yeah because the contents and for all we know, I mean, Paul, as he says, he's written the the contents to suit this doctor. But what are the illustrations like inside? You know, are they similarly styled? Is it all more suggestion and iconography than actual um, imagery from the show? We we don't know until we get a look. Well, at you the may site, get some of the photos but...
3: in there. You may get s- photos in there, but they certainly wouldn't put them on the front cover because no. that's the one everybody's going to see and go, "I'm not buying her."
4: Yeah, but yeah. does anyone care though what's in it? Do you know what I mean? No, no. I yeah, <laughs> think there
0: are collectors. There are collectors who buy anyway, aren't there, Charlotte? The collectors all buy this thing anyway. Oh, yeah. No, and, wow.
2: And, well, no, here's what I think the BBC has finally come to the rock in the hard place. At the beginning of this era, they didn't want the established fans. They wanted the new fans. They wanted the activists. They wanted the feminists. That's the audience they were playing to. And now, Small. ever since the end of Series 11, yeah. let's be honest they've been gradually tipping back to the old fan base. And I think now they're in a full-on what-do-we-do moment because the fans they've been courting are now turning on them. That's what I've noticed. They're now turning on them.
3: You're right, Charlotte. Certainly since um, since Monday as well. I mean, what's come through there has been, has been incredible when it comes to the turn. I think this is part of a bigger picture than myself. It's, it's like we've said on this show before. We've said it right from January before. I think this is the part of the thing. I think it's coming off air um, and I think it's going to come well. off air. Very shortly after these eight episodes, that's, in whatever form, whether whether they split is, it or whatever, that's the. Well, that picture. is where
0: that is where the story starts starts to take an interesting turn because yeah, it did. This story did go mainstream on the 13th. This? So this is this is two days ago. Made it into the 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 mirror. This would have been the Sunday Mirror, wouldn't it? So this is in the Mirror, and uh, they go with uh, Jodie Whittaker removed from cover of Doctor Who annual as she prepares to quit. So the annual cover is uh, the first not to feature the current Time Lord in the show's fifty-seven year history, despite her lord. being
5: <laughs> <laughs> not a Time and, Lord uh, anymore. They,
0: they are so out of to touch, the <laughs> year, and they go with it too. So this is, you know, this is widely read, Ooh. and of course, it was just a listing. All talk about the why's and the wherefores. Was going on in social media on fan forums. Uh, the Mirror went with this. They said the decision to drop her comes as she prepares to depart the show after oh, the next yeah. series, which is currently filming. But her yeah, exit yeah. is likely. But her exit is likely to be later than expected. With insiders saying she will, she will appear in two specials next year before regenerating into the 14th Doctor.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: One source, as always, unnamed told The Mirror, every Doctor Who annual since 1964 has featured the current Doctor. So this is a big departure. It's no coincidence that it's happened just as she's on the way out. I think it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that she's on the way out. I think Penguin are looking back at to. their sales for the rest of the year per quarter. What they need to make by this time next year, yep. they may not even have the license next time. But absolutely, this we came back from our break a month ago here on Type 40 Live And we were saying right away, because there were some rumors back then, this is exactly what we were saying. As you were saying, JT, they're they're currently filming eight episodes in a whole whole block. Those will not be shown all at once. We know at least one of them. One of them will be held over until New Year. We said this a month ago. Mm. I strongly suspected... That the the actually two of them would be held over, and so we would get one special because they say the 2022 specials. You see, so it only has to air on New Year's Day, and yeah. then again at some point over the following Christmas for those to be both be within 2022. I I guessed that they were going to actually put both specials out on successive New Years, and as as far as I'm as far as I'm reading here, Simon, this backs up everything that we, the whispers that we've been hearing and the conclusions that we've drawn based on what we know is physically happening with BBC Studios in Cardiff and Penarth at the moment.
1: Yeah, and I still strongly suspect that what will actually happen here is, as we've talked about and JT's already just mentioned, I think that whatever happens they will at some point soon at the end of this run of eight, they will regenerate her, but you just won't see who she regenerates into. It will be a cliffhanger. They'll end on, on, on her regenerating and they'll leave it at that. And if they've got any sense at all, they'll rest the show for at least a year, really two, three, yeah. four, four years. yeah. Um, but again, as we've talked about in the past, they've got this difficulty that the 60th anniversary is coming along, and they've kind of got to do something in that year. So, but I'm not. All I'm saying is, no. I think the eight episodes will end with a regeneration, and you won't see who she regenerates into. Do, do you know what,
4: Simon? I've she, seen a lot of over- into, at JT. She regenerates into JT. That's what darling.
3: I do <laughs> it, and I, do, I would be a lot better. I'll tell you. Listen, this whole thing about um, the 60th, um, I, I, I'm not so sure. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of this, obviously, on on Twitter over the last couple of days. Oh, wouldn't it be great if she comes back for the uh, 60th? Oh, she's got to stay till the 60th, uh, blah, blah, blah. There doesn't have to be anything for the 60th because we didn't have anything for the 30th and we didn't have anything for the 40th and we all survived. But, you know, the the, the reason that they are keeping these these eight episodes, whether they do four this year or four next year or six this year and two next year, they're not specials because they're already recorded. They're just part of what's already gone in the can. Mm. But what we're looking at there is simply the reason they're doing it is so that they can turn around and say, she did five years as the Doctor. She was hugely successful. Yippee. Yeah. And it'll be down to us as fans to put that information right in the forthcoming years. <laughs> That's, yeah, but, You hear it here. Space Bookers, we will have to have that responsibility.
0: <laughs> because, yeah, but, but, Charlotte, the, the, the narrative has to be that she was that she made that lasting contribution. That's That needs to be maintained, doesn't it? <sighs> oh,
2: yeah. Well, here's the thing. I've, all, I've, I've always said this. Whitaker was a political appointment. Speak up louder. So Wh- Whitaker was a political appointment. She wasn't chosen for her skills. She was chosen for politics. That's right. So because of That's that, right. she has to be successful.
4: Yes. What, yeah.
2: But would you know what's funny? If she's so successful, why isn't she promoting time for actually? Why is joe Martin doing all the promotion for that? Because BBC
4: still wants a woman in front of Doctor Who, and oh yeah, I forgot about the other one. Not very popular, that's yeah. why. So well, neither's Joe Martin because she Nor certainly she. doesn't yeah. count. She doesn't count. Gonna... Whitaker
3: doesn't count. Martin doesn't count. Oh, two hashtags. Let's start those. Um, You know, so you know. Oh, it reminds <laughs> well, me of ninety six then... again.
0: <laughs>
5: but they're brilliant. not going to put a man in front I will, are they? I
3: will, will stand up. And, I will front, stand up for
0: that because uh, Joe Martin's Doctor and that that actress and that character has. I mean this. In my view, from that moment, that was when Chris Chibnall really shot himself in the foot creatively. Yeah. Because regardless of what we think of, of that character, the fact that it even exists or not, and whatever we think about the about the actress herself, her work, we've seen her in other things, we don't know who she is or whatever else, regardless of that fact, by dropping in that character, by creating her and dropping her into the show... Chris Chibnall effectively sabotaged his this entire era because there there was somebody Jodie Whittaker was instantly upstaged by an (laughs) outclassed by an by an actress who at the very, (laughs) very least, whatever you think of the, the concept of a fugitive doctor, whatever you think, you could tell that Joe Martin understood the part. And you can tell now on social media and the way that she reacts, the way that she interacts with people. She respects the fan base too, which instantly it's made Jodie Whittaker's Doctor old news. I mean, I I, I don't say that to be cruel, but that is kind of human nature. And this is something that I I believe that Chris Chibnall could have seen this coming.
4: Stop giving him some intelligence. He's going to, to, (laughs) him and um, and Chibnall and Jodie are going to be known as the people that, that, that put a full stop to Doctor Who in the future that's that's what they're so stupid they just can't see it they can't Ian, see it that in the future people are going to say they're the, the ones that stopped doctor who do you know what i mean Ian, that's the not the part.
3: future that's happening now well that well, is a fact well, now is that you and i've had this chat yeah, we know sure. that it's 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 right now that is ha- chibnall killed doctor who yeah forget everybody else forget michael grade forget um powell forget jnt yeah. chibnall killed it yeah. Uh, Moffitt started to bury it and, <laughs> and then Chibnall <laughs> just put the final nails in and threw the soil on top. Moffat, this Moffat is it. This the, is the end.
4: The, the shovel. Moffitt had the shovel. Yeah. This is absolutely <laughs> yeah, the only the way tunnel. you can
3: get it back to where it needs to be now, as we've talked about before, yeah. is you have to retcon this entire era. A lot of it. There's
0: so okay. many ways you can do it. Now. And there. although those yeah. are strong words, and we've all got fairly, uh, I- I'd say, strong, fervent opinions. Oh. We We know why we believe what we believe. I I don't wish to speak for all of you, but I think that's the general tone here. And we're happy if you believe differently, if you enjoy, if your tastes are different, your view of it is different. We do understand that. And we respect that. These are our views. This is how we're reading the situation. Not just as long-term fans, but as as people who've got eyes and ears (laughs) and who've got wallets or purses where we want to spend our money on this stuff. We are invested in this brand, in this line, in this character. Like the man says... We're simply fans of this show. And we, and we wanted it. We wanted it to thrive and, and to survive. But <laughs> as this but as <laughs> as this story has rolled out, I mean here we are, here we are drawing conclusions, everybody, which I think are not only reasonable. But they are really, really clear. You know, if you if this was all on one of those boards in unit HQ with bits of string all tied between pins, it'd be very, very <laughs> clear what yeah. had caused this, just as JT yeah. said. And yet some some fans, God love them, over on Twitter are kind of a little bit. They're blaming everybody. Yeah. They're blaming. They're, they're saying the claim I'm seeing over the last twenty four to forty six hours, Charlotte, is that the BBC yeah. has never supported Jodie Whittaker in this role. And what do they expect? They've never got behind her. It's shocking because they're sexist. It's shocking because they didn't they didn't <laughs> promote the yeah. character. I oh, oh, now, oh, yeah, I'm not directing oh. this at any individuals <laughs> in particular. But oh, I was dear. I was astounded, Charlotte, when I read that. Did you see that too?
2: Oh yeah, I saw that, and I was just like, "Guys, have you forgotten series eleven? Have <laughs> you forgotten <Yes>. how much it <laughs> was everywhere? Have you forgotten the glass how-
4: ceiling?" <laughs> how- that, that- oh, I know you would, Matt. Oh yeah.
2: So yeah, got social. What's like I said, what's happened is they're finally seeing that the BBC wants to make money with this franchise, so they're they're running away, and now it shocks them all. And they have supported Whitaker. What do you think the time oh, of the yes. child was? That was yes. designed to make sure all those male doctors don't matter mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the support
5: mm-hmm. they gave to Whitaker. And mm-hmm. it's
0: a major, major mistake. It was like it was like setting fire. It was them, like burn it, burning the house down <laughs> whilst you're whilst you're still in it. But uh, Charlotte, what I what I was thinking about, I mean, there is you know, we're talking about could it come back eventually? But the fact is that although I mean, you could bring back a TV show when hoping that the audience had forgotten a a particularly long and drawn out car crash. But on the other hand, an intellectual property like this, if we look back at the annual, they're going to want, they're going to need to leave it a certain length of time because they won't be able to sell licenses again to Penguin Books or or, uh, Funko Pops. They're not going to be able to sell licenses back to those people. Mm-hmm. Until the dust settles on this and the mm-hmm. brand sort of retrieves some of its uh, financial credibility, is that
2: mm-hmm. yeah? And first what thing
5: they'll you do,
0: do is...
2: yeah, that's right, what Time Lord, I, I honestly think Time Lord Victorious was a dry run oh, for what yeah. they are going to do for the next dry is right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's the idea yeah. of. Let's go back, let's go to the male doctors, let's focus on bits of the law that haven't been filled yet. Let's, I think that, I. the more I've thought Good about point. it, I think Time Lord Victorious was a dry run
3: yeah, you could be right. I, I think that's interesting, Charlotte, from um, um from a, a business point of view as well as a collector's point of view. Um and I yeah, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like us to look at that because I that could possibly be something in it. But Dan, to answer your your point there about what to do in the future, the, the, the thing that they'll have to do in the future now is forget about the merchandise side of stuff first. You need to bring the viewers back, the British public, the great British public, the confused, great British public that's have awesome. to come back to this wonderful, wonderful. Wonderful show, and they will forget Jodie Whittaker very quickly. That's why it has to be taken out of the series continuity to make sure that the bad part of it isn't referenced in the future to remind the public. And then when you've got the viewing figures to say, "Look, we've just done two, two or three TV movies for Christmas 23 or whatever, and they've been getting nine to ten million in." That's when you start to approach your licensees to say, "Will you, um, you, you kiss your, you kiss their ass? You know, you, you, you grovel to them. And say, Would yeah. you like?" To come in and help us with merchandise, that's how you do that bit.
0: I mean, Ian, I, I, what <laughs> yeah. I wanted to talk to you about was the fact that you know we mm. we've been watching this very very closely, all of us here on on Type Forty. But I think that yeah. one of the ways in which Chris Chibnall's production team, you know, and I'm I'm going to have mm. to mention his name because he does. I've never met the gentleman. He's probably a really nice guy, but I think he's positively ran this franchise into the ground commercially and creatively. And I think yep. that. Just in the simplest of things, i laughing at Jake. He's fart cloud. Just the simplest of things. Mm. Uh, just running, just keeping the audience, that dedicated audience of you guys out there, whether you're whether you're shaking your head in disapproval of what we're saying or nodding, we are the audience, we are the fan base, we are a community. We're not an army. We don't all well, believe we, we in JT, used to be, but we are well, but we're a community. And the thing is, Ian, that mm. he has he's sort of left the community. To, to sort of to amuse themselves for months and months and months on end. And as creative as we are, you need to throw the community the odd morsel to the point where – I don't know if you saw this – to the point where that this was latched onto a few days ago, just this, just this simple picture of the cast out hugging, presumably in a break between filming – Mm. The fandom was all over this. What's it mean? What yeah. is she upset? Is Jodie Whittaker upset? What were they saying to one another? What's going on? And really, to a ridiculous extent, where I mean, these people work long hours together. They mm. know one another. There are any one of a number of reasons that two colleagues are, are having a hook. I don't think it necessarily says anything negative uh, <laughs> that, that the actress was
4: upset or no.
0: or anything. about. But the fact that it was latched onto, I think that speaks volumes to you.
4: Yeah, um, I have some insiders that's actually telling me what's actually happening in in the Doctor Who, and um, it's not. They're mostly not happy. Put it that way. Uh, no, I can't say any more happened, than that, but hey. no, no, but not we, not, not referring to this picture, obviously. But um, I have an inside. No, no. In general, I have an insider saying that as you know, they're not happy with the progress. Not happy with. In fact, um, I've heard someone say that. Um, Jodie's Jodie's agent wants her out of Doctor yeah. Who because it's yeah, destroying it's that. destroying her career. That. Yeah, they they yeah. wanted to move forward in her career, but Doctor Who's really keeping her back, and yeah, it's not very popular. So they want her out. They're desperate to get her out. So wouldn't be too surprised if she did leave after these um, episodes. So and we are
0: before. reaching the point now where, as from in fact, it could it's any day now. I, okay, mm. so production is about to wrap up on these episodes. I I, I think it's within mm-hmm. the next three or four weeks on this block. Jodie Whittaker Mm. is out of contract also very soon too. As you say, they are show business, is a business. Actors have representation. They're going to be, you know, any agent worth their salt, Simon, will be looking Uh, at booking their talent their next gig, and they will want the studios, the employers, to know that their client is available, won't they?
1: Well, yeah, and not only that, but uh, but what I was going to say was, any uh, agent worth their salt would be concerned for the fact that their client is in a dying franchise that's clearly not doing that that client any favors at all, and they're aware they've got to kind of resell uh, Jodie Whittaker out to the to the greater pop yeah. uh, the the greater um, television community. Um, and, and try to distance her. And they're aware now that she is going to have this Doctor Who baggage with it, whether she likes it or not, whether it's a success or a failure. She is now forever going to be attached to Doctor Who, and they're going mm. to be reminded of that. So they, the, the agent is going to be thinking, wow, we've got to find something really good, solid, cast-iron guarantee of a success. That's, that's right for her as well. Absolutely. To, to, to kind of move on immediately. They always say there is a saying in, in film and television, you're only as good as your last job. Well, unfortunately, her last job is not good, which is why they're going to need to give us something really good next time to I- eradicate the memories of, of Doctor Who within the eyes of the television production world. I
0: can't think of the last time I saw somebody fail this spectacularly in a role. And here's an actress who I've always enjoyed in in other things yeah, in various capacities. I thought she was great in Broadchurch. I liked yeah. her in Attack the Block. I thought she played that beautifully. Various other other shows where where she could sort of sink into a part. But this this was, I believe way beyond her reach I I feel that she she made good choices before and one has to wonder what was different about this part
4: the thing is though it was her mistake as well because she didn't really investigate the 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 actual doctor she didn't she didn't do her homework yeah. So she just in there because she, she said this a thousand times on loads of interviews that she didn't want to see what the doctor, you know, she just came in there and played it the way she wanted to play it. Obviously like yes. a kid's entertainer. And that's what she yeah. did. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, she's only got herself to blame really. let's She said,
3: it. she said on tenants podcast that there was no, well, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but there was no point in watching 12 males that had gone before yeah. her when she was going to do it differently. I mean, what, what, she, what I reckon she did it for was simply look at the success We're going to come to Karen Gillan very soon. But look at the success of people that have been in Doctor Who beforehand breaking America. You know, um, uh, Billy Piper broke America. Um, Catherine Tate broke America. Karen Gillan, Matt Smith have done fantastically well doing this. That that was was the big uh, thing. It, It doesn't work like that anymore.
1: I personally feel we do need to cut a bit of slack over this whole watching yeah. previous doctors business because I yeah, think so it's I. very I think it's very unlikely that Tom Baker watched the first 3 doctors that Peter Davison watched the first 4 etc they might have done, but it's unlikely they did because because if they are good actors, you don't need to watch what has gone before. You would be a good enough actor to stamp your. No, own but
4: yeah, that. but 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 Simon, you have to watch the others just to get the tone and the feel of what Probably. the show's all about, and yeah. don't you? I mean, like even Tom um, looked at a uh, Peter. Uh, sorry, John Pertweed stuff. He looked at a bit of John Pertweed stuff. Obviously, he wanted to play it the way he wants to play, and Matt Smith. He investigated the whole history of Doctor Who to try and get the tone of of the Doctor. And that was the whole point. And Jodie didn't do any of that, right? So she didn't didn't even watch the show. I agree with you,
3: Ian. I mean, when Colin Baker was announced, of course, he went on to every show going. And the thing he always said was he'd watched the previous five incumbents of the role simply to get the essence of the Doctor. And I love the way Colin presented that, the essence. And we often say that, you know, when, when you look at the portrayals up to this current one there is a certain similarity yeah. that runs through them all yeah. and i think if you can capture that as an actor you're actually earning your money just in yes. that bit to be able to say that's the bit i need to just that little teeny weeny mm. bit whether it be a glance or a look or a, or a i don't know mm-hmm.
1: but to clarify well, then yeah. i can see the garbage garbage in the chat has just disagreed with me because they've got to understand the character now to clarify yeah. here of course they've got to understand the character that's not what i'm saying that's chibnall's job to brief her <laughs> on what the character is. No, but
4: you, but as an actor, of you've got to, you've got to, got to, to do your homework as well. Uh, yeah,
1: garbage. As, yeah.
4: as an actor, you've got to do your homework as well. You can't just if you can't just come on day one and not investigate the character or even thought about the character. And no, all the interviews indicated sweet, spot, all it? the interviews indicated that she she refused, refused because of this yeah. feminine agenda stuff. She didn't want to go down the route of those. Was those men that came before her? She didn't want yes. any help from those men that came. That's what it's all about. And yep. that's so her yes, mistake.
2: I'm, I said, I always remember when they always do like a first interview, don't they? W- w- once they're announced, they do a sit down like first interview. And I'll always yeah. remember the first yeah. things that came out of her mouth was, I'm as a feminist, I'm, yes. excited, I'm excited for this one.
0: Was it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: And I said, love, it's your politics shouldn't affect <laughs> how you
3: treat this role. See, we couldn't say that, Charlotte. We wouldn't be able to say that. We'd get arrested. In fact, We're I think so I hear the you. police on the way to get us now, to be honest. But, yeah, you, oh, you know, we can't sorry. say that anymore. Sorry,
2: token <laughs> female. Token female. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I know that. And I and I really put my head in my hands because yeah. I said, "Love, you sh- you should be excited because this is a legacy <laughs> yeah. role. Yeah, because this yeah. is one of the most important roles in British t- television. It is. You yes. Know, well, you yeah. could... Well
1: said, Charlotte. Well, that of course, Charlotte is white. That, that, that of course, is why she took the role. You know, we've just said that she took the role... Previ- she took previous roles, she, she she made good choices, and this role, she made a bad choice. <laughs> but the truth <laughs> is, she took the role because, let's be honest, if any actor gets offered the part of the Doctor, they're yeah. going to take absolutely. it. So, absolutely. absolutely. But, to, but, really
3: but, it. but as I've said before on the show... What she has now done is she has proved Tom Baker wrong.
1: Yes, she she's
3: been done. the first to fail and fail spectacular. Yes. So, Tom, yeah. darling, I know you're, you're watching. Wrong. You can't say that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she's just she's just proved <laughs> you you can't yeah. say it anymore. Yeah. So um, go and have a nice
4: cup of tea. And poor old well, well, Peter <laughs> Davison. <laughs> Peter Davison came out and he spoke from the heart about this oh, whole thing. Oh, bless him. Yeah. And, and everybody sat upon him and stuff like that. He's... Now what have those people got to say? What have they got yeah. to say now? It was he it 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 was ripped
0: apart. Interesting to find out. Ripped wasn't it? apart. It was
3: awful to watch. Yeah, but so, they've been ripping the rest of us apart. I mean, that was just that small that small section that came for all of us, and now they're all crying. And um part of me is enjoying every second.
4: <laughs> well, you know what? I don't. Let's go I to the next. Quote, don't I don't. I feel sorry for those people that like Jody. I, I really do. And and you know what? Right. I always yep. say this. Jody's not a bad actress. She's just been put in a bad situation. That's what I think. She's a bad person. actress. She's a bad no, actress. Okay, here, no. we
0: <laughs> here we go. Here we
2: go. <laughs> <The> Radio <laughs> Times.
0: The Radio <laughs> Times reached out reached out to the BBC to ask about the state <laughs> of play at at Doctor Who. So yeah, obviously the Radio Times have got this sort of relationship with, with Doctor Who. They've They've got them on the other end of the phone, for heaven's sake. So this is what they got back based on the story in the mirror. And it said, the BBC declined to comment (laughs) on the story. (laughs) radio radio Uh... Radio Times did add this pearl of wisdom. So nothing is set in stone at this stage. Oh, I've heard me? this before. Is it heard... Of course it's set in stone, isn't it, JT? Contracts are up. Decisions will have yes. been made months and months ago.
3: Yeah, this is the this is the uh, flimflab flob that's coming out. This is the waffle. This is uh, 85 all over again, just with new terminology. I love it. Bring it on. It's Who's so- writing the books? Will I write a book? <laughs> We will write the book, chronicle everything, guys. We will write this book and we'll bring it out in six years'
5: time. This is going to be great. <sighs> there
0: Who. is, there is definitely, definitely going to be a book. I think that's yeah. When the when the dust settles on this situation, I think Doctor Who will need not just a re, a respray. It needs to go into the garage for a major retool yeah. tool tool up. And uh, you know, if they if they feel so inclined, if they're even even able to, with the present culture at the BBC a total rethink of the philosophy behind the brand, who the show is actually for the people who do watch it, the people who love it and the people who may be, who may be affected and reached by it in the future. It's okay. You having a a desired audience that you would like this show to appeal to, but that is simply, (laughs) that is simply not how things work. Yeah. It'll also get affected by the fact that the BBC is now
3: definitely going to have to change we've had the advent for those people outside the uk this week of a brand new news channel called gb news which is stealing uh viewership from both the bbc and sky uh, for their news channels as people are very interested here Things are changing in in the United Kingdom. Uh, People are not being heard properly. There's terrible angst in the air now, which we've actually seen elements of over the last couple of days, last few days. A couple of weeks ago, as we mentioned on the show before, there was hundreds and hundreds of people shouting outside the BBC HQ in London, we don't like you. (laughs) We want our money back. There's a massive amount of people uh, cancelling their licences. If the BBC... And I'm not going to say if, when the BBC has to change, that will have an effect on their programme output and that will affect Doctor Who. There might come a time when the BBC has to admit they have to go 50-50 with an independent production company.
0: Bad Wolf. Please, Julie Gardner, please step in. Julie Gardner, Lorraine Hegacy, please step in and save Doctor Who. Produce Doctor Who for us. I, I, Realistically, I don't care who those two ladies would cast. I would trust them every step of the way, JT. I've got no qualms about saying that. We have Derek Brady in the chat who reminded me the other day that if you are a Jodie Whittaker fan, if, you, if you've enjoyed the era, if it's worked for you on some level, we've got some good news for you. Uh, Derek Brady has been off bargain hunting in between uh, moving home, and he's found this for you, so yes, the uh, the soundtrack CD to a series one of Doctor Who without music by Sagan Akalola, the, the whale music, you remember? Yeah, you the probably whale don't remember. It. No, never you, heard it. But you know, if you want music to sort of fall fall to sleep by, there there you have it.
5: Only a quid
0: for the completest <laughs> in, for the yeah. completest
3: <laughs> inexpensive
4: family. Yeah. You know, yeah, the- way too <laughs> expensive. I
3: mean that, that says it all, doesn't it? I mean, we have discussed, haven't we? Haven't we all? We've discussed on the show before that the character options twelve-inch uh, figure went down to three ninety-nine from uh, £29.99 um, we've had certain other items going that the alleged 13th Dr. Yes. Sonic Screwdriver is one ninety nine in certain shops around the United Kingdom now because they can't even burn the thing because of the plastic issue. You know, so that's going on. <laughs> I've also heard as well, and I mentioned this on the um, Type 40 Facebook page, um, I, I hear that um, various uh, remainder bookshops such as The Works... Um, are going to be taking any time from now onwards throughout the summer the BBC Penguin books based on the Chibnall era and they're going to be reduced to well from 50 pence upwards
0: <laughs> that's, <laughs> Wow! That's that so
3: keep, keep your eyes out if you're allowed out in this crazy Sorry, world in now, though, if out, go and have a look what can you get for 50p now
0: everybody what can you get for 50p
3: no. Well, I, I, I would imagine that would be sticker books, although those colouring silly things he did for the kids, and then it goes up to the novels, which I'd, I'd imagine would be half I, price or just I, I under just half price.
1: Say, I, I just have to say before we move on from merchandise, can I can I just qu- quickly whip back to something that Crimpled and If you're if you're still watching and listening, love
3: season, that name.
1: In the, <laughs> <in the> chat, <laughs> that, that, can we have a close up on your mug, Simon? So here is the close up on my mug. Hey,
4: okay. looking. Look in, look it. It.
1: Tomorrow people, it's it's tomorrow full. people. It's the tomorrow Love people come. So there you go, crump crimpline blue. They are available on it. This is um, I can tell you now this is come from eBay. If you if you look on yep. eBay from tomorrow, people look in mug, you will find it. $7.99, bargain. So there you go. Wow. Now there
3: was a comic. Wow. Looking was a classic for our generation. I used wow. to get it every single week. In fact, you know what I found the other day? I actually found some of them. In a box, including the one that introduces Star Wars to the world in 1977. Wow. Your, your copies, yeah. Oh, if you want to get the past
1: my way, I'm
3: going to stick them and flog Absolute. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beautiful. they had proper artwork, didn't they?
0: Oh, people in the fuck. chat. Doing people doing in the yeah, chat beautiful. are yearning to travel back in well, time. David. They come to the bargains there, and uh, people explaining, "Guess a pound of people." Yeah, uh, the first soundtrack. First soundtrack <laughs> release without any actual music. <laughs> music. So, That's guys, quite guys, funny, guys. actually, doc I like that. He's not a fan. He's not a fan. And uh, yeah, Dwayne yeah. notices that it would be uh, yeah a pound to pick up that CD, but twenty quid postage to Australia. So yeah. maybe, maybe skip that one. And-, <laughs> and
4: It wasn't music. It was just whale, well, well music. It was just annoying. I thought that that's it was supposed to be
0: ambient
3: stuff, wasn't it? But yes, the new guys—it was ambient stuff. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I kind
0: rubbish. of, I kind of liked it at first. I must admit. Before we leave merchandise alone altogether, we have slightly yeah. better news. This is going to cost you more than a quid. That's the better bad news. news. It's out on sixteenth of August, twenty twenty-one. But it's mm-hmm. very, very pretty. It's the special edition Whoa, DVD, Blu-ray look All at that steel book of uh, the web of fear here this was announced just yesterday and as you rightly say ian it's gorgeous artwork yet again look from binding at tea lady design Beautiful. it's really funny
4: because when you look at that painting you get so excited about doctor who don't you look at yes. that look at that <laughs>
1: yes you do yeah yeah you remember why you yeah. love doctor who when you see that yeah
3: it, it, but Ian, you're absolutely right when i saw this yesterday when a friend of mine sent me these images yesterday as they were released i nearly wet myself and then i had to put myself in check to think oh hang on a minute you're not buying this so <laughs> be careful no. but but, but lee's done a wonderful design there again uh, let's have it as a poster let's have it a stamp Uh beautiful design the only thing for me that let this down was the, the bloody animation which is just awful well
0: let's uh, let's just check what's in this yet because this the web of fear of course this is a six-part story they mm. there were several there were several missing up until just a few short years ago and there were some some of them were recovered but there is still one episode out there in the world that is missing and so for this release this has been uh, substituted with brand new animation so yeah this is from the blurb it says it includes all surviving episodes so they'll be polished up for blu-ray no doubt, in the manner in the manner of which we become accustomed to on the on the Blu-ray box sets, I would I would imagine, and it says plus a brand new fully animated reconstruction of that missing third episode, created from the surviving audio-only recordings. So this is brand new animation, put to that audio. The release includes those six episodes, available in black and white, and that newly constructed animation will be in both black and white and colour. <laughs> and there's uh, brand-new special features. I'm not quite sure why, but, you know, I, well, fair enough. It makes If it makes one other person buy it, I suppose it could be worth it. Mm-hmm. And it also says you get audio commentaries on all episodes with two commentaries on episode one. You get uh, the episode three telesnap reconstruction, if telesnaps are more your bag than animation. There's a mm-hmm. new making-of documentary, making-of-the-animation documentary, trailers, the Missing Years documentary. That's a bit of a classic, isn't it, with Fraser Hines and Deborah Watling hosting that. Mm. And a documentary too about the many voices of Jack Woolgar. Who's Jack woolgar Simon? I've no idea.
1: Who is Jack Walgar.
0: JT, I thought you, I thought you'd steam in with that. No, who's Jack oh, Woolgar? Oh, I, I don't know either. We, I suppose oh. we'll find out when we pick up the TV. Oh, oh, you've put me on
1: the spot now. I'm going to find Do out. Know, Give me a chance. You
4: know what? They could, they could. Um, yes. There's, the, there's fans that take Star Wars. Like for instance, I just saw an, a Virgin. Oh. oh, hello. What's that? Not me. Sorry. I just saw a version of Empire Strikes Back that was made by a fan. So he took the original film and he added visual effects into the Walker scene and and the asteroid field you see in a different way. He'd spend years doing this ultimate version of Empire Strikes Back. Now I wonder if there's someone out there for Doctor Who that has visual effects um, knowledge that can literally go in and you know, and reconstruct these things. Obviously, as, it'll be amazing. It'll be as amazing. long as you're in,
3: as long as you're in the employ of the people that have produced it. Because obviously, that guy no, no, will no, be able to
4: go for Kathleen
3: Kennedy yeah. very soon.
4: <laughs> no, this this guy, he, he's done it. He's done it, and he's working on <laughs> he's working on Jedi, and he's already finished Empire, and he's done Star Wars, and obviously he's not selling them; he's just giving yeah. them away. But it's amazing wow. what's what's done in that. Um, it's it's called Star Wars. It's there. called Star Wars revisited. revisited That's right. Revisited. It's brilliant, right. absolutely brilliant, absolutely. Can I ask?
3: Can I ask um, everybody, and also the space bookers? You know, the, the, I, I, and this is just my thoughts. I saw this as I thought yesterday, and I got excited, and then I thought, I'm not buying it. The reason being is, what do we think about the fact? That all the content on this new release out in six, uh, on August the 16th, or whatever it is, will appear on the relevant series box set.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not buying it either. I've already decided. Yeah. What would be the point in buying it? That the, the BBC constantly keep trying to resell this stuff to us. They must realise that by yeah. now we've worked it out. We ain't gonna buy it because we go we're now clearly gonna wait for the Blu-ray box set. By the way, I he think... played Sergeant Arnold. I've looked it up, he played Sergeant Arnold. <laughs> it's it's oh, aimed at it. us,
4: isn't it? All that stuff is aimed at us, the people that you know we're a diehard fan of Doctor Who. Yep. It's all aimed at us. It's not aimed at the, the the new generation of kids growing up because the oh, new no, generation no. kid don't don't care about dr who now nope. they really don't so nope.
0: so here's the steel book itself designed this Ooh. artwork that wraps around the cover of oh, this nice. I'm I mean we've got a few we've got a few scales here from the panel Charlotte. I'm not I'm not that keen on this you
4: neither
2: no I was saying nice I was like oh you nice. like it okay
4: Oh, oh, so no, too I, simplistic, a bit it's too simplistic, this. isn't it? It's too simplistic. I think they should have kept Lee's
3: Lee's um, uh, image and gone with that. I don't like that at all. I think that's primitive and I think it's yeah. very childish. Yeah. I, I think if they is. put Lee's on with a, a back panel on it, maybe with the brig and um, Jamie and Vic, I think that mm. would have looked quite nice on it there as a wraparound tin. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I'm not, I've not been too sold on these steel books, so I, I, I've stopped buying them. But hey, I do know that some people like them. You're not alone, Charlotte. There's a lot of people do latch onto these, the various steel books that have come out over the last yeah. year, eighteen. Yeah. Months. It's
3: just, it's just the cover. I think the steel books themselves are a lovely alternative for the many, many collectors that love the steel books. I've got a few of them here myself, but um, that cover doesn't sell it for me. I just think it's awful. But yeah, uh, I think I'll, I think I'll wait for all this gorgeous stuff they've got on there for the series box set. Yeah, likewise.
0: I will. I will be buying that. For, I've, I'm going to review it. I'm going to review the animation. I've seen hey. that scene of the animation. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm very much in two minds about it. I've got thoughts about why they're doing it the way that they're doing it, which I think I'll probably say for another time now. But uh, yeah, I mean, more Doctor Who content out there. It does do its bit, as we were speaking about earlier on, to uh, uphold the value that is still in the brand, and it could be several years before there is a limited edition blu-ray set it it could be four or five years we don't know because that line's going to carry on for a little while longer so i, I can understand wait why, why people would want to maybe yeah. get involved now and yeah. who knows it may end up being the case that one of those features doesn't make it through to the box set i think it's unlikely i know it's unlikely but yeah it's, it's possible it's possible it's what people are saying in the chat about and in the maybe, meantime let's hope the missing episode uh, turns up well, I think, I think that's again, I would that was the thing that struck me about it. It was so uh, we know that episode is out there. Uh, yeah, 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 it does make, mm-hmm. you, make you wonder. Uh, you yeah, people, people in the chat, no, is nobody pulling the trigger on this in the chat? That, yeah, people are mixed about it. It has to be said, nice artwork, not so sure about, about the contents. Mm. P- uh, fair point, yes. So maybe all the episodes need to be redone in animated. In animation form. Well, they are. They they're gradually doing this for, for both of the earlier doctors. Mm-hmm. And this one is sneaking in there in between two, two more sort of full releases. I think that's how they how they're going with it. I completely, I completely understand why they're prioritizing and why they're giving people more steel books. Because, like you said, JT, people people just are into the habit of buying the steel book. They they've bought the actual seasons of new who, they've bought the releases up to now. You get people like the rabbi here watching in the chat, the rabbi from another planet. You know, he's into, yeah, you
1: know, who knows? Yeah. We knew he'd get it. Can we, you just bring that steelbook artwork up again? Can you just bring that steelbook artwork uh, up? Just yeah, somebody's commented. Oh, yeah, they're quite right. I'm just trying to find who has commented on the, in the, uh, yes, That's garbage. Yes, you're correct. The the, 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 the label on the TARDIS is on the wrong door. They've got it the wrong yeah. rounds. They've looked good. at the wrong um, photographic uh, evidence, haven't they? There and yeah. copied it. I right. <laughs> hadn't noticed that garbage, but yeah, you're right. It's the wrong side. Well done, BBC. Home goal. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell, I think it's time. We're, I think it's time we went to a we went to a break.
0: Everybody, uh, yes. If you haven't already, please like the video. We've got a lot of people watching, lots of comments. That's what we like to see. In fact, we've got a lot of new people following the show on Twitter and Instagram this week and following me personally. I'm on on Twitter and Instagram as the Facebook talking about all sorts of geeky nonsense inside and outside of the TARDIS. We're about to go for our regular scheduled Type 40 break, everybody. You'll be pleased to know. So time for it's what we call Let's the get tea a drink, or everybody. Tea or pea break. That's what I call it here. Yeah, so before we steam into that, I saw this the other day on Twitter. And I wonder if you did too. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, because not everybody's on Twitter, despite what the BBC think. <laughs> yes, so we've got a picture here. This is a I'm about to show you a picture of somebody who was a young Doctor Who fan back in the eighties. That person there who's gone to great notoriety in the world of film. I'm gonna show you the picture now, and when we come back after the break, we're gonna tell you who it is. Who is it that's dressed up as a fifth doctor here in this picture? <laughs> have a th- have a think. You have a think while we go and enjoy these adverts together. Hold on, where's that? Here it is.
2: <laughs> well, I should keep you a grand snug for another year. We've got gas central heating in our house. Oh, you'll be even snugger than your grand Where's
5: your head?
3: Thanks. People over the road have got central heating. They did it last week.
5: On your own?
1: No, I had a few maids to help
3: me. Whether you're big or small, with service care from Southern Gas, you get service that cares.
0: To do. It's a horse, darling.
3: Little over 11,000 pounds to nearly 200,000 francs. The Rover 800 series.
1: control of a huge selection of TV programs, music videos and films. You control when you start your programs. You'll never miss the start of a program again
2: because you're stuck in heavy traffic. There's no point shouting, I'm flat out here.
3: Followers of Doctor Who may be interested to know that some of his more recent adversaries are currently on display at Madame Tussauds in London and available at record shops and LP and cassette called Genesis of the Daleks.
0: Hello everybody, back again here in Type 40 Live's console room. So yes, we showed you this picture before the break. There, from a primary school somewhere in Great Britain, in the early eighties, and there's a young Doctor Who fan there, just uh, to the left of centre, dressed as a Fifth Doctor. We asked you who that was. This person has gone on to great notoriety in the world of film. Is there anybody in the chat there who's got it? Let's have a look. And oh, I can't actually, I can't see anybody. Is there? Let's uh, no. I no, we've got stony silence, everybody. Okay. Well, I'm all the. Uh, I'll save you any more agony. This is who it is. This was uh, film director Edgar Wright here, the director of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Good Fuzz. <laughs> all those movies, uh, Baby Driver. Wow. All those, all those films. So there he is, yeah, a young Doctor Who fan. and I don't know if his mum would have made that for him, but uh, proud. I'm not sure what the theme of the actual play was there, Simon. I'm trying to make well, it I- out. We've got Santas, we've got witches, we've got a bit of everything. and one. Christmas. Paddy, and- Paddington bears—that's
1: <laughs> definitely it's that's definitely a Christmas part, a Christmas yeah. panto kind of show, I would imagine. Um, but that, yeah, that kind of looks homemade. Although the jumper's very good, isn't it? That, that, I'd say
3: the entire costume the is show, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely he's gorgeous.
1: The, he's even got the red inside the shirt. How did they manage to achieve that back in the day? I you, could just, you, could, you could stitch felt inside it. That's what I did. That's pretty. Still pretty impressive <laughs> to, go, to go as far as putting the felt inside. Yeah, that's sure you know.
3: Fans are quite strange that way, Simon. You
1: think? Yeah, total respect to him. Nice. Is he still a fan? Do we know? Do we is he, is he Well,
0: still that's not what not I was wondering. Him. I think he is because he was in line. They asked him, didn't they? Charlotte, did you hear this story? Apparently Russell T. Davis approached him to direct Rose back in two thousand
2: and four. That would have been really weird, I think, with his style. <laughs> yeah, like, his starts
1: yeah. quite yeah. easy like, to
2: yeah, Rose is quite down to earth, and that was the whole appeal of it. So I think it like, might weirded
0: people out if he was directing that. Because Shaun of the Dead had that kind of street corner angle, didn't it? That the episode Rose mm.
2: did.
4: Have. Yeah, but I if you watch, watch Space, out. it was very much the same style, wasn't it? If you watch Space, because that's he directed a lot of episodes of that, didn't he? Space, it's yeah. spaced. Yeah, yeah was, so it was very was much man. that style. Yeah. He
0: was the man behind Spaced, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes,
4: so I thought... I, I imagine that
0: some people had got that. It's Halloween party. Halloween oh, yeah. party. Halloween, That's I'd say. Santa, Santa? Santa to Halloween party? I, we I don't remember. really do... Well, we didn't
3: really do Halloween back in those Not days those. In, in the United Kingdom. Yeah. It wasn't. We, we went straight through from bonfire night to uh, Christmas in those days.
5: Mm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Lucky mm-hmm. brat. says, Problem Being. Problem Being's been in the chat for a little while now. Commented along. Good to see you there. Uh, What else?
1: Uh, Hello, problem being. Hello, problem being. So
0: many of our friends here. for Yes, so the other other topic that we've got here (laughs) is, uh, yeah, Doctor Who companions. A few weeks ago, we talked about Doctor Who icons and how some of the actors, some of our legends, some of our heroes from most recent past in Doctor Who were going on to big things on the big screen. And how it's it's great to see and we as a family don't we including the actors and the fan base get behind them and i thought it would be a good idea that we focus on some of those characters too the ones that have sort of burrowed themselves the deepest in your affections certainly in the in the duration of the new series and maybe the classic series too but i when i when I thought back to that stream that we had a couple of weeks ago, there was one actress that we talked about probably for the most length of time, and that was Karen Gillen. And she continues to uh, be extremely popular. She's very – how can I put this? She's, she's very relatable, I think, everybody, as, as a person, despite this great fame that she's gone on to since leaving Doctor Who. And obviously there's a, a residual affection from from this show that we all love so much and how people felt about about the character that she played on Doctor Who Amy Pond so this is the this is the original photograph that they put out when Karen Gillan was cast in Doctor Who back in 2000 and 2009 that would have been early 2009 just before they started filming so it was a we've got the we've even got the Russell T Davis TARDIS in the back mm. this picture is, is is so old and obviously she looks she looks very, very young, and she's got a great skin anyway, but she, she looks lumus, luminous there. Luminous? God, I can't speak today. She looks luminous there. But yeah, I remember her being cast. I, I'd seen her in things, but I hadn't known I'd seen her in. You know, she'd been, she'd been yeah. in Doctor Who before, either. But, you know, were you, were you into Doctor Who? Were you aware of what was going on with the show when Karen was cast? And what did you think when you first saw her and heard about the character?
4: Yeah, no, I thought I thought it was a great choice, and uh, I love the red hair because uh, uh, I think I'd, I don't doc, the dog hasn't had a red haired companion, has, has he? Turlo. Oh Turlo. Well, We don't count. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I don't we count Turlo? <laughs> he's not a girl. why he's not a girl. Oh. But, um, but anyway, um, she's gorgeous, isn't she? My Liz daughter. Shaw. Okay, Liz Shaw. Right, mate. Take it easy. She's sort, <laughs> of, <laughs> sort of. All but she, she she has star quality i mean out of everybody from from doctor Who, from the past to the present she's the one that's really broke um hollywood she's been in a marvel film she's got she's she's got a film coming up um she's the star of that one and but do you uh, think
0: that that star quality was evident from the moment they no put out not not, like this?
4: not really not really no i mean she's a she's a beautiful woman you know got legs up to the m1 and all that but um You know, I I never thought that she was style quality, but she's proven to be someone that's uh, actually, as you say, relatable. And she's very, very pretty. And she's got red hair, which is unusual in Hollywood, because Hollywood don't like people with red hair for some reason. And, you know, she's doing very, very, very well. And good luck to her, that's all I can say. Yeah. She deserves it.
0: Charlotte, the, uh, the Stephen Moffat era, the Matt Smith era in particular, that's very much your era, isn't it? What are your thoughts yeah. about about Amy Pond? Now, now she was in the series from 2010, right the way to 2013, wasn't she? Was, no, the end yeah. of 2012. Sorry, so oh, it, was, yeah. it was quite a it was quite a big stint compared to new series companions up to that point. So that marked a big change as somebody watching the new series then, because you hadn't seen the classic show at that point, had you? you know, the companions had been in there a, a year at a time. Was the, the longer time to get to know to the character? Do you think that's one of the reasons why why Amy Pond has gone on to be one of the most sort of enduringly popular of, of the Doctor's Companions?
2: I honestly think it's the genius of Moffitt's setup of meeting the doctor as a child. Yeah. yeah. I think that was so different okay. from Rose, from Martha, from Donna. It yeah. was this, and let's be honest, we all sort of see the doctor as like this imaginary friend almost because we get that close to the character and i just think her chemistry with matt as well like they've all had chemistry the doctors and their companions but you just got this this feeling that her and matt instantly clicked and i just and like i I sort of said i think ages ago on the stream like how do we meet amy she whacks the doctor in the face with a baseball bat like (laughs) it's like that's how you introduce a companion not a
4: baseball bat
2: Oh, a um,
4: cricket bat. She, or was it a cricket bat the, worse? Yeah. She
0: in the head in with the something face. hard and wooden. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I this, yeah, the character. That
2: fire. Yeah, I think that fire. Like, we had a fire with Donna, but I think she was a different type of fire, and it just really yeah. Yeah. got people thinking, this is a different companion. We've not also... There was a bit of the romance stuff, which I didn't like, but it was quickly like taken to bed. And I think mm. that also worked, that it was a proper friendship it wasn't romance yeah. so it's a lot because of
0: things. because they set it up that as, as you said the, the character of amy pond was supposed to have been born in 1989 and and she first meets the doctor pro- uh, properly in in 1996 so she's she's seven years old and the way that they play out that the way they introduce her character really it fits completely with Moffat's, Moffat's take on the show for me, Charlotte, has always been like a, a picture book, I would say, rather than a fairy tale, I say a picture book. And the character of Amy Pond, from from the way that she looks with with her, as I said, this sort of the pure skin, the red hair, yeah. and and even the name, she seems like some somebody out of a children's story.
2: Oh yeah, it's like, I now I love Matt's doctor, like Matt's my doctor, and I refer to him as the Peter Pan doctor, because I think that that (laughs) feeling of never growing up, of being like Mm. this this kid in a child, in like this grown-up's body, and I think also Amy worked, because throughout a whole series, she grounded Matt, she grounded that sort of really energetic kid doctor at times, some of my favourite moments is when she's basically like, not shouting at him, but... Like lay the the, <laughs> the like the law with him and say no don't, and he needed that Matt's doctor
0: because he leads doesn't he with this thirst to show her to show her all of the universe and in in a second episode the beast below that starts does it with them kind of doing a a space afloat outside of the TARDIS doesn't it and that's all looks like it's been illustrated as well with her hair sort of waving in in the vortex like yeah that. and I think it was a way of Partly, I think, I think that um, the relationship that the Tenth Doctor had got with Donna, that best friends, I think this was an extension of, of that idea. And I even think, though there were those romantic overtones in, they did, they did flirt yeah. with that, but it, it it did get sidelined, didn't it? They the didn't bit where
4: it, he was it, holding her hand, she was floating. That was quickly telling you that she trusted him within that small space of time. And I thought it was really, really well, um, well put. So you know, I mean, what well, who would who would let uh, them them hold on to an <laughs> alien, float outside of space? I wouldn't do it personally, would you? <laughs> you know, yeah. I've just met this guy and he's an, he's told me he's an alien. This is a spaceship made out of wood. Would would I would I hold his hand and float in his face? And I think that scene just told you, it spoke volumes, that one scene told you that she trusted him 100 percent yeah, yeah but you, you, also,
2: you also had that scene in the 11th hour where yeah. she, she puts the tie in the car door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust she, me for 20 doctor, seconds or whatever it is. Yeah, she yeah. her hand and it's Matt's acting as well as um, yeah. Karen, but Matt just looks at her and says, just trust me. And I think yeah. that the earnestness of Matt, and like mm. I said, that's why I think of Peter Pan because it's it's it's
4: sort of that's what I think of Matt and that's why I doled eleven. well she she was she was she was faced with logic because how could you dispute the fact that this is the same yeah. apple I gave you X amount of years ago look at it, its still fresh. she couldn't dispute it, could she that was and that's why she had to she had to basically let him go. so you know that was a pretty clever bit of writing there. so there you go. JFO in the chat says, I think she
0: was 21 when she was cast. Uh, She did so well for someone so young, especially coming off Mm -hmm. the back of arguably the most popular era with Tennant. Mm. Her and Matt did so well. It must have been really daunting, hadn't it, Simon? Because the the popularity of the show and that that huge two-part story over the previous new year, the end of time, it seemed that it got so, so big, both on screen and off, for them to follow that. You could say that for Karen stepping into it, she had probably less to lose than than anybody, but it still must have been very daunting for
1: a 21-year-old woman. God, I think it must have been absolutely terrifying because, you know, putting it in context as you've just done, it was coming off an absolutely huge period of the the show. You know, everybody at that point knew of Doctor Who. It was hugely popular um, with David Tennant in there. Um, And so for both... Karen Gillan and Matt Smith and indeed Arthur Darville um, to come in and, and, and take over the reins must have been terrifying and daunting. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 you know, I have to be honest, I, I am not a big Amy Pond fan. She's she's far from my favorite companion. Um, it's far from my favorite era. Um, but it doesn't matter. What what matters is that this is what Doctor Who is all about. It is all about reinvention. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Um, that, I wonder what but, era you are talking but, about.
1: <laughs> but that's what Doctor Who is about, and and yeah. the difference between those that last tenant year and then the Matt yeah. Smith era that comes along immediately after it is enormous. It's a massive chasm. Yeah. It's, it feels like an entirely new show, and good on them. That's what they should have done. And 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 the, and my favourite scene. I am not an enormous fan <laughs> of Amy Pond, but my favorite scene of all of it is in that first um, is it's the 11th hour isn't it the first, that yeah, first 11th hour, hour. yeah uh, when when she's she's dressed as the as the policewoman and um and and what i mean i, I you're going to have to help me because it's a long time and i haven't watched it since but as i recall the doctor mistakes her for for a police officer and mm-hmm. she says no she's a kissogram or whatever it is yeah um and it's just like whoa. No, I'm not a big fan of Stephen Moffat, but I give him that one because that, that it made movie. me laugh out loud. Uh, it it, was, it I, was a genius moment.
0: I think Moffat's writing gave Karen every opportunity to to sort of to play dress up. Really, from from that moment onwards, the character the character has become iconic in a way that I think very few have. I I, I look at I look at Ace and to a much greater extent, Leela. Where they the the looks of them going from place to place to place, playing dress up wherever they go. I think of, for example, Leela in Talons of Weng Chiang. I think yeah. there was a, a we got a different mix of, of Leela there. Mm. And the same when we see Ace in Ghost Light in that dress but with the with the boots. Underneath the big, the big mm. Doc Martens, underneath yeah, things like that. I see the same in in Amy Pond. I think this is a character who is. Um, this is with hindsight because you know I I am not a Karen Gillan fanboy either. I know a lot of men swoon at the thought at the thought of. Her. I think she's very beautiful. I'm not particularly. I don't particularly find her attractive, but I think as as a presence, I think she plays it really quite beautifully. And even when the scripts don't give her that much to do, she seems to know exactly what measure in which to, which to bring into the character. And she looks like she looks like she's been illustrated really. And so when they, when they put her in one of these outfits, I think this is why the character as it has endeared you now, like uh, eight, nine years since she left the show, the, the, purely the character of Amy Pond now continues to be cosplayed so, so much and, and she, painted. She there. This is, these are some she of the looks, the Ian. Desk, the ma- she not? I don't know, sorry, but I think, she, I think she was there for the little girls as well. And that, that I, think, too, I think she but, was there I, for
4: everybody. I think Moffat got it right because Moffat obviously knows Doctor Who. So he obviously, you know, the companions, like, for instance, Le- Leela and, uh, you know, Mary Jane, sorry, Mary Jane, what I'm talking about. Um, Those ones, they were all there for the dads. You know what I mean? Dads watching Doctor Who. And, and I, I think this is no exception here because she's very pretty. You know, and it's for young girls as well. Sure, you're absolutely right. You know,
0: but she's got uh, Karen Gillen, I think, even though she was a 21 year old woman, she's got this girlishness about the way that she plays the part. And we've, we're looking at some of her many looks here. There, we, we we met her. We saw her play pirate. We saw her be a a super villain there with the eye patch. All of these looks. Are kind of iconic. You put, in, put her in a in a nighty, and she's as you said, Charlotte. She's Wendy being taken away by Peter Pan. Put yeah. her in the, put and, her in the wedding also, dress. You've got Andy McDowell. Yeah. God, sorry.
2: And I also think with her acting, you had her being very like fiery, harsh, almost, but she could do emotion so well. Like she when she had to cry, or when anything happened with Rory, <laughs> yeah, she brought yeah. that emotion. It's like I was watching um Funnily enough, Hungry Earth two-parter at the weekend. And that scene when Rory is getting taken by the crack and she breaks down in front of the doctor and he's begging him to save him, like to save Mm. Rory. You just go, oh my, like you just get, it takes your breath. Because like I said, and that's the same actress who, like I said, when we first met her, she was quite abrasive, Amy. She was like angry with the doctor because of leaving her. But then Mm. she can do... Like a breaking down in tears moment, and I think Karen could go from both ends very well of that spectrum, which is a good really actress. Brilliant.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. We put it out on our Facebook group, the Type Forty Facebook group, about what were people's favourite Amy moments, and there's lots of answers. People, people sharing. Have you got any specific memories of this character? How do you feel about Amy Pond there, J T? Are you, are you are you a fan? No. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I knew would say but, that,
0: but she no. you don't, has she indeed she has endured this character, though, hasn't she? And Karen did has been very loyal to the show, hasn't she? And she continues to seem to be very proud of it and proud of the character. And she represented this character, I believe, in a way which was aware of not just everybody watching, but particularly little girls, she was get, getting to live out these fantasies to dress as a pirate, to be kind of a Mad Max heroine there in the picture that we've got on, on the left-hand corner, you know, to to wear funky stuff uh, and, to, and to have fun. And representing the show in America as well, I think you'll probably agree with that, yeah. that when the show broke on Netflix there, Karen was a major part. And Amy too, being so relatable, was a, a major... A major reason for it breaking in America at that time. Well, yeah, um, but as I
3: said before, for any actor getting the gig in America and suddenly uh, in Doctor Who and then suddenly finding themselves on a on a career path in America, good on them. I would say, and I've only met Karen once, um, and she was with Matt Smith. But what I got from both of them, this was um, just before the series was launched back in 2010. Now I don't know if the space bookers remember they did a tour around Britain in a Doctor Who bus. Yeah. Uh, and they went around the United Kingdom, and I I met them in Salford Quays, Salford in Manchester, um, where they were going to uh, the Lowry to show local school kids their first episode, which had only just been finished. Oh, it didn't have the music, I and it didn't have the, the titles press. on it. I saw
0: yeah. it in the press, yeah.
3: And uh, as they came off this bus, what I, I got to speak to them very very quickly. But what got me about these two was the confidence, was the energy, was the sheer. Joy from both of them, and I don't think they were that nervous when they started shooting. We see in that picture you've got there the the, the top from Time and the Angels. If I'm correct, I can't really remember because the whole of the uh, Moffat era I am erasing re- from my memory. Um, but that was her first day shooting with Matt, um, and from interviews they got they were they were confident they knew what they had to do and they just got away but that's the beauty of youth they were both very young and as we all know when you're young you're confident you get on with your job and you go and do it but that's what got me about these two and i thought doctor who's in safe hands here these two work well together they were having fun together Matt hadn't even been seen on the telly. And here he was controlling these huge, very energetic kids. He's letting them hold the sonic screwdriver. They're touching the TARDIS. They're doing all this. He's doing. I've got some brilliant pictures at somewhere about this lovely day. And I just thought this series is going to be in safe hands with those two. The Moffat thing is another story.
0: Before I know Charlotte, you're about to you're about to go off on, on your own adventure in time and space and, and go and get your tea, aren't you? But would you like yes. to share with us one of your favourite Amy Pond moments before you go?
2: It's probably actually in an episode I don't love, but I love Amy in it, and it's time called Mercy when he's oh, okay. when the doctor's about to shoot I can't remember the character's name, but he's so angry and this character is the reason why. I think the villain is terrorizing the, the town and he's about to shoot him or basically sacrifice him and Amy says this is what happens when you're alone for too long and she instantly recognizes you've been traveling by yourself you need a companion and she, she challenges him and I think that's the brilliant insight to her knowing the doctor because I think she's, she's one of the companions who probably has got one of the most in-depth knowledge of their doctor. And I think
4: that mm. moment shows it brilliantly. Yeah, it's a good
0: thing. Because, because there are times, aren't there as well, Ian, through the thank you, Charlotte. Where where's the character kind of comes and goes out of their lives. Thank you, Charlotte. I know you've I know you've got to shoot, but yeah, we hope you come back again soon. Bye. Bye. you, See Charlotte. Because mm. they I think
3: there's they, I think there's when it comes to a companion, I think there's always um a difference to a companion that's never seen a regeneration. Because if you compare a lot of the ones, like Charlotte's just been saying there utterly, uh, you know, uh, Amy knew her doctor. I think mm-hmm. it would have been, if you compare it to someone like Sarah Jane, yeah. who had seen A Handover, where she'd know two variations of it. I, I, would lo- I would like to see how Amy would have handled another incarnation turning up. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think Karen would have been able to play that with some sort of depth. <laughs> you know, some sort of, mm, I've yeah. got to think about this and play it. But I think there's always a difference between some of the the the, um, the characters and how and what they've been through to establish their relationship and their interpretation of the doctor.
0: Mm. Moffat yeah. would would try Agreed. a similar thing with uh, with her successor with Clara Oswald, but oh, I yeah. think I think with um, I think to a, to a fault really. I think what he did with with the character of Amy Pond was uh, more uh, more subtle and, and cleverer. We we see Amy not just. Eventually, is a very, very old woman in in this episode yeah. on on the left there, where she's she's been without the doctor for decades, hasn't she? When was she's that? Been, fight, been fighting was, for her life. Yeah. That was in the woman. That was in the woman who waited, wasn't it? Yeah,
4: yeah. It's a good episode. It's That's also it. very. I thought that was episode, series.
0: Wasn't that series ten? That that was series. Wasn't that Capaldi? Six. No, oh, it wasn't two.
4: Capaldi. It was it was Matt. But there's right, as well. Very, very But sad. there on,
0: on the right, we did, as you said, we did, we did know her right the way from when she was a very, very young girl. And I can think of very few other other companions, even though she has got this picture book quality about her that we, we saw at either extremes of their life and go through so many so many changes mm. within the I within thought- the average season.
3: I thought it was quite confusing trying to keep up with what Moffitt was doing with Amy and I think Karen Gillan just for the record is a is a brilliant actress and I'm very very pleased that she's gone on to Stella and this new thing that we reviewed the other week the the new film that's coming out I'm definitely watching that because I want to see her with that cast and what she's up to but I was for the character I think Moffitt was so determined to do trying something different that Amy sort of got lost so that whole thing about her getting married and then jumping on the doctor, and then losing um, a, a husband to be, and then him coming back, and you know, not knowing the Daleks because of the crack thing, and, and and not being there for the resolution of that, and I don't know, I just thought it got a little bit sort of weird, really. And I think part of her character got lost in all that.
4: I think he made it too complicated. He made the whole of of that era too complicated, especially with the Timey Wimey thing. There was really do you no think need for Ian, to Ian do when that.
0: they. Ian, mm. when they wrapped up Amy's character oh. with the character of River Song, do you yeah. think that A- Amy may have come out of that I forgot about for, that. Worse, for so, worse?
4: First of all, they should never have brought back River Song, in my opinion. Mm. Because it just spoilt the dynamic between the three of them, Doctor, yeah. Rory, and, yeah. um, and Amy. I can
0: see an, I can see an argument yeah. for that.
4: Yeah. And also, another thing, and I'll always say this, it freaked me out because the woman that played River Song looked like his mum when she was kissing matt smith and i was like oh <laughs> you no know, this doesn't work you know no, what i mean so and that didn't work for me either um but as I, as I think i agree with jt Moffitt made it too complicated instead of trying to keep it simple and i loved what he did i loved the silence i loved i love the weeping angels cool. you know he went out of his way and used his imagination and created stuff for this new era of doctor who yeah. which the, obviously chibnall doesn't know how to do so, so given, I, I given do we like it about, i do given agree with JT.
0: Given the purity Rory. of this character though, Ian, yeah. it, it, would you say that was compromised by, by everything that Stephen Moffat was doing extraneously with, with other characters and with and with the format
4: of the show, even. Yeah, I, I didn't like the I didn't like her conclusion, her and Rory's conclusion. Especially it didn't make any sense, right? Because when the weeping angels sap you away, they like can sap you away right. at any point in time. How did she know when she when she touched the angel that she was going to be with Rory? It That's a good no point. Sense. That's Absolutely a good point. No that yeah yeah
3: yeah yeah. yeah. So this is th- this is. Th- this is the problem isn't it i mean we, we know now that you know moffat had this whole plan but this mm. is the problem when your lead or one of your leads decides to go because of certain things that have happened there and they've actually when you look at the whole of the smith era he lost the whole series just yeah. go and look at the production he lost that whole third series mm. um because moffat was and the bbc were splitting things and part of it there part of it there blah 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 so i feel for matt because he, he should have had that third full series mm. um and then possibly that fourth one as you know yeah. look at the productions you'll see what i mean and that's what hit this whole thing because if you look at suddenly you've got time of the doctor everything's trying to be tied up mm. it would have been nicer i think if i mean when i as i say when i met karen gill on that day with matt smith when they were doing that tour i knew that arthur darville was coming into this as well i think most of us would have done it at that point and we knew there was a third mm. but the energy as i say from those two was so overwhelmingly fantastic and, yeah. and and brilliant and confident and, and honest to god those two I, I did fall in love with both of them a little bit there thinking Doctor Who's fine I can't yeah. wait to see these two on screen but I was sort of getting the vibe of Tom Harry and uh, yeah, Sarah Jane yeah yeah, yeah
4: definitely um,
3: yeah. and that's I was a little bit disappointed as we got through series five and that didn't happen
4: I did. I said I did like this. Uh, I did like Moffat's um, uh, uh, version of Doctor Who. I really did. I mean, as I said, I agree with some of the points that JT says, and I hated because he's not good at finishing things. Moffat. No, no. I he's mean not. the way he the way he got rid of Amy and and Rory was just absolutely. He, he, you know, he should have been shot but, for that. But at least make any sense. At least. At
0: least. But at least <coughs> Amy got a proper conclusion. She got a final moment. No, she didn't, she didn't. She got there was an arc. I would argue Ian that there's an arc yeah. to the story of the character. Yeah, but she got stuck a tragic
4: in, one. she got stuck in the 19th century. I mean, someone from the 20th century gets stuck in the 19th century. How bad is that? You know what I mean? It's just Oh, did she get that back to the 19th century? But, yeah, I thought she got like back that. to the war. No, no oh, she, oh, yeah. she got sat oh, back into I think it's the 19th century because she was the one that finished off the book. That, that, but it that, wasn't. Um, oh, really yeah, doing. I forgot about
3: that as well.
4: Yeah, so <laughs> I, 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 I mean, made no I, 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 sense, absolutely made no sense that she would be but in the same place as well. It is
0: a happy ending, it's a picture.
4: How of is it a ending happy she, ending? Because, she because she's with live, her husband
0: because she got to live out her life with the man that she wanted to be with. That they chosen one another mm-hmm. and they were living out their lives in a kind of pure way where they where they weren't going to be uh, their destiny was not going to be contaminated anymore by alien beings or, or the we by destiny they were just left to live but was, a natural life what was no he plastic- money what no house
1: by I, <laughs> Nothing. I thought he was an on at that point wasn't he plastic <laughs> but they wasn't amy a- jelly wasn't <laughs> amy jelly
0: as well but didn't, ian they got to <laughs> but they've Go got sorry. to make but they'd got to make a life for themselves with one another, it could be whatever they made of it. And that is, that is in storybook terms, that is the happy ever after, surely. No, it's not. It's a
4: terrible ending. Why would, you know, if you get <laughs> sad in the century and you have no money and no house, no. what are you going to be doing? And you're wearing modern day clothes. People are going to be looking at you strange. You've got nowhere to go. I, I, do know, I, I do know where, Ian, I do know where Ian. I
0: do let me let me just say it's a romantic, <laughs> but it's a romantic version. We never see them living that life. We're just told ah. where they are. We're left with that romantic version in our heads of what that what about, life what could about... be. And oh, we just get whispers, we just get whispers yeah, of it I
3: that
4: come through. A terrible end. JT, basically.
0: what were you gonna say? Sorry, man. I was
3: Sorry, gonna JT. say I do sympathize with Ian because when you're invested in these characters, um that does seem like a bit of a curtailed rushed ending. Yeah. However, yeah. that's part of that whole story that doesn't sit with me about Amy and indeed Rory. Yeah. Simon mentioned, was Rory an Auton? When did he come back from not being an Auton? That never really I clicked with me. I just thought, oh I God. And understood. then the whole never thing understood. about I mean, River Song being their children, uh, yeah, I, I understand child, what Wofford yeah, was yeah. trying like, to do. He was, was trying to be quiet, uh, uh, clever, but that was all the rubbish. I, it would have been happier, t- it to time with what you're saying, Dan, had they just had all these adventures and their love had grown and tied them together as one yeah. or the other or both were threatened by all these nasty bug-eyed monsters. For them to settle down. I mean, I never even got that bit. Is where did they get that bloody house with the Tardis blue door? What was that about? <laughs> and what, what happened to that we afterwards? Never, and, oh, we
0: never okay. know how much time because they spend several periods of time apart from the Doctor. We, we never, we never really to- told how long that is in between times they spend traveling with him. We've got a a little comment here from Sadako24 watching in the chat. I would have preferred Angels take Manhattan's ending if River revealed that the younger child self met Amy and Rory in past New York and they did all get to raise her after all. I I can see why members of the audience would want that. Personally, I I think that is yet more overegging of the pudding.
4: They should have just left them, you know. After that adventure, they went away and and you know, back to their house, then their wonderful house, you know, and and lived their lives. Why why zap them into the nineteenth century where they had nothing, no money, no house, oh. nothing? You know, you know, it's ridiculous. Absolutely. I've, ridiculous. I, I,
3: this some problem being, I can't. I honestly can't remember anything about that era. I spent most of it asleep. Yeah. <laughs> I've got yeah, all the. Yeah. I've got all the Blu-rays here. Problem being, okay. I'll have to go back and revisit it. So I'd rather those... watch this that era than the current era. Those... But this is the problem of the whole Moffat. Sorry, Dan. This is the whole problem to, of the Moffat well, Moff- well, era. Nothing comes the... together.
0: I want to explain for the people who are listening, who can't, who the people who listen to the podcast version, what we're talking about. So, problem being of the chat has just reminded us here. That the doctor gave Amy a yes. winning lottery ticket, and that is how they they were afford they could afford to set themselves up. Well, he gave the her house, the house, didn't he? Yeah, stuff. he
4: gave her the house, and he I gave that, he gave uh, Rory the car. Remember the car? He gave Rory the car that he I what? remember, <laughs> he I, remember
0: yeah. I remember now I'm yeah. in a similar boat to JT there are lots of intricacies because this yeah. is a fault I think with Moffat's writing Moffat, yeah. where where things like that get put in one little line in between and it gets sort of skipped over doesn't it JT so it doesn't stay with you as well as it probably should Well, for, for myself I
3: have to say that you know I I've said this before I can retain any piece of information from 1963 to 1989 about the shows I'm so invested with that area era I can do something similar from 2005 to 2009 but from 2010 onwards i just start to drift away as i say i spent most of the moffat era asleep for the first time in my life i would i would drop off there uh, and i was only there to be very honest for smith and capaldi both of whom to me were the doctor and both had massive potential Mm. but as we've said before these scripts that they were given oh man just but as i say I'd rather watch anything from the Moffat era than anything that's churned out now. I might just do that. I might go back and try and make sense of it all. I don't know. Moffat Have I got tried time? His best. He tried
4: his best, but he made it too complicated. That's what he, he just did tried it. to be clever. Yeah. I sometimes think he read
3: things in Doctor Who magazine that says, oh, isn't Moffat clever? And he goes, oh, yes, I am. Thank you very much. I'll just try <laughs> this now. And then he went and w- uh, read The Time Traveller's Wife. <laughs> yeah. Because
0: it's fair to say that, you know, Stephen Moffat mm-hmm. thinks he's clever and... You know, he is clever. I can't really argue with that. I think he is a very clever writer. Very I think clever. he's an energetic writer. I think he's imaginative. I think he's he's industrious. I mean, he's written more Doctor Who now than pretty much anybody else. I'm sure I've yeah. read that fact somewhere out there than anybody else. And in introducing us to this character, I mean, particularly, uh in fact, I'm going to mention I'm going to mention her as well because uh, Karen Gillan exactly. isn't the only person who played Amy Pond so beautifully. Let's talk a little okay. bit about. Caitlin Blackwood too. Here she is. There's uh, there's Caitlin there on the right as she is now, and uh, an actress. And yeah, you can she looks like fa- her a lot. Family Me. resemblance yes. there to Karen Gillan. Yeah, wow. was, uh, Yeah, Caitlyn was uh, ten years old when she appeared in Doctor Who. How old is she and now? She's she's from Northern Ireland. She's the cousin of Karen Gillan. They'd never met at that time. Obviously, they've they've met since they've been, they were in the show together. So that would make her twenty twenty one now. Twenty one. And on the on the left, we're looking at a uh, still from probably one of the most iconic scenes in certainly new Doctor Who history. In fact, I'll say in the entire history of Doctor Who, hashtag fish custard, people still get it on T-shirts. Fish finger custard. Absolute television, <laughs> television magic.
4: Yeah. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. I love that. And I would with, s- that, 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 crack in the wall line when he says to her.
0: And I, I would it. argue that the, the success and the, uh, enduring popularity of the of the character of Amy Pond is uh, you know it's due in no small part to how how well Caitlin Blackwood played it as a child because we know we, we know don't we Simon that in the history of all entertainment and particularly Doctor Who we've had, we've had some terrible child actors in the past <laughs> uh, and yes. she was
1: absolutely <laughs> out, outstanding oh she at, was at she young was. amy pond she, yeah, she, was she was absolutely did. cracking. And I have to be honest, you know, being brutally honest, I would much rather she'd gone with the Doctor than Karen Gillan did. I thought that was
4: going to happen. I just thought she so, was
1: right. a far more interesting character. For me, once Karen Gillan, once Amy Pond settles in, for me, she's a very dull character. I find her very dull. I'm sorry, I'm, the only, I'm, a, I'm probably a lone voice here, but I find Amy a very dull, uninspiring, uninteresting character crushingly boring character. Well Where, sorry. Whereas, yeah, <laughs> young Amy, I think it's absolutely fascinating. I could have watched her till the cows came home, young Amy. And that's what I would much rather have. I
4: did like Karen Allen's that's uh, right sorry,
1: Karen no, Allen, that's
4: I did like her <laughs> I did like her car I did like her character. I thought she was very spunky and and she did she did um work off Matt very, very well. Yes, um, she worked
1: off Matt well, yeah.
4: You know, but as I said, right? I agree, I agree with JT that the, the storylines were too complicated. He should have yeah. simplified them and not mucked around and sticking, you know, sticking all the stuff that he created before, like, you know, River Song and all that mm. crap. He should have just basically yeah. had Don't one long line and just kept going rather than go backwards, forwards, yeah. backwards, and then if just get us all confused.
3: If, if they'd had a really good, and we've said this before for Capaldi as well, but had the scripts just been a really good sci-fi adventure fantasy Mm -hmm. series those those three together with none of the human element in it really you know with none of that sort of wedding and love and rings and whatever else (laughs) it was all that all that nonsense really um and then battling you know various baddies i think that would have been um a far more interesting series
1: Mm. Yeah so, and, and the uh, thing is the production values at that time were just so fantastic they really were they were they were sailing the production yeah values yeah they were yeah, Were yeah, never yeah. better than in that particular they were better than in the in the in the tenant era i think um, yeah, yeah. So you're right if though if those stories had just re- if they if he, if he had dropped yeah the river song and and, and and being the mother and all this stuff and and the baby in the crib and all that stuff and just told good cracking stories that he is good at doing rather than trying to be too clever, yeah, I think it would have been
3: Yeah, in, I mean, that, that's my, what we always say, view.
1: isn't it? Good cracking stories. We're always asking for good
3: cracking So yeah, any future production team that happens to be watching now, please remember, all we want is good
0: cracking stories. Yeah, <laughs> and good, and more to the point, or certainly as much to the point, uh, good, good uh, crisp dialogue that seems like the way that this... They don't have to be things that real people would say necessarily. It depends on the character, but certainly... Uh, Certainly, consistent characterization, which I think obviously some episodes served Amy Pond better than others. But I mm. think because Karen, Gill- Karen Gillan Karen Gillen herself, not like some some performers out there, she mm. was she was always present. She always mm. seemed like she was thinking yep. about her yes. character, completely embodying it. And I think that's one of the reasons why why she's endured, why she's been latched on onto so so hard. Yeah, and and uh, so many so many iconic. Iconic looks here. I think we are really, really proud of everything that she's done since. Karen Gillan as an actress, hugely successful films, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and there's the the Jumanji films too. More on the way. Gunpowder Milkshakes out in just a few weeks' time, and there's other projects I'm certain bubbling up. And she's got aspirations to uh, direct and write herself. In fact, Mm. I think she has. I think she has directed a couple of shorts, and she's a big horror fan. And she's a big social – well, let's say she's a big social media user. She's got a really nice Instagram feed, which I encourage anybody, if you do like her, to go and follow her there because there the are no – I mean, don't get me wrong, she puts her makeup on and all the rest of it, but there are no pretensions about it. It's very, very warm, and she just comes across as, a, as a really quite a down-to-earth person, appreciative of her fan base, and as I said before, only too aware of the part that Doctor Who and Amy Whoa. Pond – have played in a in a success going forward.
1: Well, Ooh. and also let's let's not forget that you know this era was the the last really gr- hugely successful popular era of Doctor Two because it was. I say it, that's fair. It, yeah, it had come off the David Tennant era, which was huge, but it's it was still sailing with Matt Smith. And as you've alluded to, Dan, you know it was huge in America. So you know, total respect to this particular era of the show. It was still absolutely <laughs> pushing all those buttons. Um, mm is it getting a bit gushy well maybe it is but you know you've got to respect where it's due um
0: it's a, it's a celebration as i said she's one of the doctor who family family yeah, and uh, i think she era. she gushes about us so i think we can gush about her a
1: huge era. give it respect for that
4: yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a it's a it was a great era i got yeah. to it and um i enjoyed i enjoyed almost all of the episodes, almost. Um, there's some stupid writing in there, but... Um, there's yeah, a lot no, of stupid writing in No denying in there. it. Matt Smith... Well, what's, what's
0: your favourite Amy Pond uh, moment, though, Ian? What, what stayed with you? Hour,
4: asked... 11th Hour is my favourite episode of any episode in Doctor Who history. I, <gasps> I, I would actually go to as far as to say that. Uh, oh, 11th God. Hour... Well, oh, sorry, JT, to upset you, but for me, the 11th <laughs> Hour was Doctor Who brought to modern day doctor who i'm gonna have to go and have a lie down i guess i really think it's great <laughs> absolutely great absolutely okay. terrific but there you go good for well, you that ra- I've, up upset that ra- <laughs> I've upset those so two i've upset no, those two. two
3: i, I, I think I the 11th hour is a very good episode but i wouldn't put it up that up that I far would. but it's I a know. Great I'm,
0: I'm with you ian i completely agree i think it's an outstanding piece of tv brilliant iconic doctor who that's worthy of a great many uh great many movies really i i think that <laughs> the, the way the story sweeps along the way the characters build yeah. and it's got that it sits there somewhere uh, creatively i mean not not literally in the middle of russell's style and yeah. steven's style i i, I think it's, it's it is it's incredible i watched it again recently and we reviewed it in fact on the on the podcast did, yeah. and it surprised me i always remembered it as being good but i it still surprised me how good it was, and I, I could have quite easily have gone and done a full rewatch of that era had I not been deep in it the Sylvester McCoy kept era.
4: Going, kept going at and that,
0: going and at going. At the time, yeah, good I completely episode. agree. We're going to leave the Matt Smith era behind. We're going to leave Karen Gillen and Amy Pond behind now for a fond farewell, and head yes back to uh, back to the shores of the island of nostalgia that we like to visit. Quite regularly here on Type 40 Live for yes, on this day our strand of uh, shameless, (laughs) shameless nostalgia. So, Simon, I want you to open up. When I can get this off screen, so I want you to open up your 500-year diary and tell us what you've got. uh, what What you've got on the page bearing the letters that denote it as being the 15th of June on this day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, the, uh, we'll whip through this, seeing as we're running out of time, but we'll whip through these. Um, yes, yeah, no. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can hear the police box warp, warp, warping again. So we're obviously, <laughs> off, uh, we're obviously off back through the decades. Uh, first protocol, Call this yes. afternoon is um, a couple of episodes from previous mm. years. Now, interestingly, these are a couple of real Marmite episodes. They were they were both quite, to an extent, Lesser or greater, they were quite divisive at the time. Okay, yeah. Yesterday saw so the 13th anniversary of Midnight uh, with Leslie Sharp, and I thought of-
0: everybody loved Midnight. I thought everybody loved that one. I
1: well, I think I think the thing is with Midnight. I I like Midnight. I've I've kind of heard you know from various fans over the years. Some people seem to love it. Some people seem to find it really quite irritating um with Leslie Sharp constantly repeating sentences back and all the rest of it i like it. i thought it was clever um david trowne's in that one of course as well yeah um you know absolute cracker um so so yeah it, it's good for me um the other one that is very very controversial on thursday it'll be 15 years since love and monsters mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh.
3: still better than anything produced
1: today yeah i think i probably agree with <laughs> that you is there, so, true. To be so honest, true i would um, but my certainly my least favourite of that whole era. But, I, yeah, I would agree, JT. And um, on Friday, it it's going to be 16 years, 16 years since the parting of the waves, um, yep. since we saw we waved goodbye to Chris Eccleston, which seems just incredible now that we're even talking just about that. Me. 16 years ago that we said goodbye to Christopher Eccleston. I mean, that's just kind of nuts, isn't it, when you think about it? 16 <laughs> years. And hello um, to David
0: Tennant, too.
1: Yeah, and, and I and I must be, say, yeah said hello to David Tens. I happen to love Parting of the Ways. Um, I, I, I thought Bad Wolf was a fairly dull episode, um, but I think Parting of the Ways. I don't know what anybody else thinks of that one. That that, that to me is
0: I wrong. love it too. Yeah, I yeah. think it's the I better think, of the two episodes.
1: Yeah, and I I think uh,
3: I actually quite like Bad Wolf because it sets up certain things and sort of explains others, and you know, yeah. but um, but also um, I think Parting of the Ways is a decent. Well, it's a superb finale. It rounds off that entire yeah. self-contained series. You could watch that series without any previous knowledge of Doctor Who, as many millions in the United Kingdom did, as many yeah. around the world did, I would imagine. Um, and and you know, and you, it could have finished there, and it would have been okay. It would have been great.
1: And 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 it's uh, parting of the ways also. Fe- well, as does Bad Wolf features one of my very 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 favourite companions who should have been and never were, and that was Linda with a Y. Uh, Linda with a Y. <laughs> oh yeah, I
0: love her. She
1: EastEnders
3: was, was beckoning.
1: Uh, is that where she went? I had no yes. idea. That, that's the the not, actress, am, not immediately. That's she, the actress, that's
0: Joe, Joe Joyner, everybody, who'd been in a show, a comedy drama called No Angels for Channel 4, where she played a trainee nurse. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I don't
1: yeah, know. Like I've seen her in anything else at all, but I thought she was cracking, and the character was just absolutely brilliant. I loved the character. So... Mm. Uh, as I say, yeah. she uh, along with them um, uh, uh, was it Sally Sparrow in Blink? Sally Sparrow, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sally Sparrow was the one off, yeah. She, but that, that great, that was being a good uh, companion as well. She was that on was the uh, great Joe thing Drogel. about Joe Joy, was
0: on EastEnders for I think the best part of 10 years. And uh, I'm not. I think now she's the co-star of a big detective show with Mark Benton on the BBC. It's like a daytime TV thing. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like you know, sort of will they, won't they detective drama where they go. They they're based in Stratford upon Avon, Shakespeare and Hathaway. That's what it's called. It's uh, it's one of those like a Midsummer Murders kind of show.
5: Well, good for her. Well, I'm pleased yeah, she's
1: coming yeah. to, to stuff because she absolutely should. She, she deserved it. But that's um, one of the
3: things I love about the RTD era, especially. You got yeah. these companions who could have been. I mean, you yes. got Adam, for heaven's sake, who shouldn't have been, but he got there for a couple of episodes, you know. Yeah. But then you got somebody like Joe, and, and it showed for, for myself, it was bringing back things to, to viewers. The Doctor's World is not safe and
4: cozy. Yeah, no, it's not. Yes,
1: you're quite right, and and bless her, Linda with a Y. The way she dies, it, it's just masterful. Master <laughs> and you yeah. and you know that the Dalek is saying exterminate, even though you never hear it. It's yeah. just fabulous. Yeah, beautiful bit of direction and writing, uh, just coming together. So yeah, respect to Parting of the Ways. Um, we've got a couple of birthdays today. Ooh. Happy birthday to friend of the show, Chris Chapman. Um, oh, who is, yes. is. happy
4: birthday
1: happy birthday Chris uh, who, who's been on the show before now, really great guy and done so many cracking documentaries for the Blu-ray range um, highlights absolutely for me being the JT documentary and the Liz Sladen um, documentary which Deserve awards. I mean, they just knock out. So Chris Chapman is forty today. The big four zero. So so happy. happy, just, young a happy just a child. Happy fortieth, Chris. Happy fortieth, <laughs> <of> mate. <laughs> yeah, I can't happy
4: remember. Birthday, what young
1: happy man. No. <laughs> um, also oh, on Thursday, good. we've got a couple of other birthdays. Two people, in fact, on Thursday who are both going to be thirty-nine. Yes, it's Arthur Darvill and our very own favourite Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> How happy birthday, both. both. They're both 39. So they're, so they're not only got 39. the same birthday, they've got the same birth date. They're both 39 on, um, wow. on Thursday. Wow. So, yeah, happy birthday to them. Um, now, also, also, uh, Uh, on uh this week is is um michael ferguson is 80 was 84 in fact yesterday happy birthday to michael ferguson for yesterday who uh long time fans would know directed the war machines the seeds of death and the claws of axos but and here's the big but he also played two (laughs) key roles in the very, very early black and white days. And I'm going to come back to you with this in a moment. I'm hoping somebody in the in the chat will, will put a couple of suggestions in as to if they know which two roles Michael Ferguson played right back in the black and white days. And I'll, I'll tell you in a come second. Come on, chat. Chip in. See come on, the chat. See, see, if, see if you can come up with these. And you'll be amazed. If you don't know it, you'll be amazed. Um, but the other person that we really got to remember tomorrow 81 years old bless her Carol Ann Ford will be 81 tomorrow so we absolutely salute God. Carol Ann for yeah. happy birthday tomorrow because wow you know let's be honest they don't come much bigger than Carol Ann Ford do nope. they? a real nope. a
0: real nope. doctor who doctor who legend i'd say mm-hmm. the first lady of doctor who i'd say yeah oh.
3: Well, yeah, yeah. I think she certainly is, and she definitely earned that title because um, literally she was the first lady of Doctor Who.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh she gosh. she literally was, and she's still such a good uh, representative for the for for the. Um, yeah, she's uh, lovely. You know, she we holds,
0: have we have no takers yet, guys. No on takers, Michael Ferguson.
1: No takers. Okay, I'm going to put you all out of your misery. Then it's incredible. <laughs> this is he played, <laughs> believe it or not, Michael Ferguson, director of War Machine, Seeds of Death and Clause of Axis, he played the very first Dalek. He was the sucker arm of the very first Dalek because at the time he was the assistant floor manager on the series for a very long time back in the, uh, in the black and white years. And so he worked on the very first Dalek serial. And yes, indeed, he was, uh, he was a Dalek. Um, he was the sucker arm because because he he waved that sucker arm at, uh, at dear old um, Barbara at the end of um, episode one. But also, incredibly, his other role, his other role, he played Alidon's hand in one other episode. Yes, Brilliant. <laughs> because because. They didn't. They didn't need to employ the actor for that particular. Can you imagine? I mean, he wouldn't get passed by equity these no, days. You know? No, not at all. No. But they didn't need the actor for the full role. So they just got. They just got. Um, they just <laughs> got, got Michael Bring his hand in as Alidon for one episode. But the other thing that's cracking is he played the Dalek claw that emerges from underneath the foul cloak at the end of episode three. I liked his hand really? a lot then.
5: Must have yeah, liked his like, hand a lot. you he could
4: have
1: been the hand artist, your hand.
4: yeah. <laughs>
1: Ian,
0: Ian, is your have your digits ever made an appearance in any of your, of your films over the years? As no, a
4: <laughs> no, never.
0: <laughs> uh, I make whole a
4: point not to be in front, uh, front of the camera. on My hand movies. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't want to wave.
5: You
1: wouldn't want to be the one waving at a plunger at a young woman there.
4: Well, I, I wave a plunger at a toilet once, but there, there you go. That was about <laughs> it. But isn't it
1: funny because you know that somebody had to wave that um, that sink plunger, and you had yeah. never thought about it before. You had never thought who waves the sink plunger at, at, at Barbara. You just never think about it. Michael mm. Ferguson, there you he go. Did yeah. he, did he did a good job. He did do a good job. <laughs>
0: he did. Was, was he <laughs> insured? Asks garbage <laughs>
3: in
1: the <chair>. maybe. <laughs> he been. He should have very
4: been.
1: Um, oh. <laughs> very good thinking, very good. Yeah, he should have been. He probably yeah. was a hairy hand in Inferno. Yeah. And um, and finally <laughs> for today, <laughs> finally <laughs> today we've, got, we've got, <laughs> got, got a couple of sad departures from the world. Okay. 1990, yep. 1990, today in 1990, we lost Leonard Sachs, aged 80. Um, oh. Blessing. 1990? Yeah, you. 1990 was aged 80. Did he die because
4: of what he was wearing? It was very heavy. Did he die but, well,
1: that? it would it, finish anybody off, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, for, 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 for us of a certain age, we'll obviously remember him from the um, good old days. The good old uh, days. Yeah, the good old days. Which was He the-
0: was, Simon, he was, for Doctor Who fans, I mean, it may not be, because just that just that, well, one role, I was going to say, it's actually in two yeah. roles, but I won't spoil that. But for his appearances <sighs> in Doctor Who, Yeah, He was one of the best-known faces on British TV was off The Good Old Days. That was on for years, and he was a major, major part.
1: Absolutely. It was a huge role. If anybody doesn't know, The Good Old Days was basically um, the music hall scenes from the Talons of Wen Chiang um, and Henry Gordon Jago in The Good Old Days was was played by Leonard Sachs. It's a weird thing, but that's what we had. There were dark days back in the mid-'70s, and that was, I think, was it on... Friday night, chaps. Am I right? Yeah, it, I think it yeah. alternated between Friday and a, a
3: Sunday, maybe, depending it. on what's it, in. But yeah, oh,
1: it but it's I recall, yeah. it was on for about getting on for an hour, probably fifty minutes, and it was yeah. and it was musical acts done in a theatre in the style yes. of the Victorian era. And Leonard Sachs was the, the master of ceremonies. Master of ceremonies, that's right, JT. <laughs> and but guess who acts it? Guess who acts the show?
3: Michael. Great. Yes, it was one of the ones where he went, Nope, that's old fashioned. We're getting rid of that now. <laughs> you
4: had a point, well, you things said. have to move on, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you well, he it was,
3: it, it was maybe right. But you can you can actually YouTube it, uh, Space Bookers, and go and look at it, and uh, you can get some classic. Because uh, it was just a show that really, really, um, you know, just showed what they did before television and stuff, weren't it? But you get some Barbara Windsor's yeah. in it, John Immons's in it, Danny LaRue is in it, all the old greats are in it, and uh, Leonard <laughs> Sachs loves every second of that tremendous, tumultuous
0: yeah. greeting. Hurt we <laughs> ever do it, JT, do no. we know?
3: No, John never did that. Um, um, I, oh, there was a reason why he didn't do it. Oh, I, oh, I'll come back to you on that. I'll have to go and Pro- look it up. The
1: problem being, <laughs> I'm with you on that When It used to depress me as a kid as well, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, I can it still bad. remember right, anyway. maybe He may be able
0: to something there.
1: Uh, but yeah. but I remember when Ark of Infinity came around in 1983. You yeah, know, it was a big thing that Leonard Sachs was in it, and we all mm. obviously recognised him. And I don't mm. know about you boys, but I was always very excited when Bruiser came back into the show. Anyway, it was he, even though he, he was never played twice by the same actor, was he? But I loved <laughs> that he to being in the show. He was. Well, Familiar. That's when the BBC
4: used to be a community where most actors, yes. you know, had, yeah. had learned their craft through the BBC and stuff. But now it's completely yes. changed, obviously. But yeah. Yeah. And because
3: everything was done in house back those days, everything mm-hmm. was in TV center from wardrobe to production, yeah. um, a bit vision mixing, as we all know. You, mm-hmm. That feeling comes through on all those shows, wasn't it? Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I mean, those days are long gone now. Long yeah.
1: since gone, and uh, also long since gone. Very, very, very. Finally, today we really do salute. In 1973, we lost Roger. Delgado.
4: Oh man! Oh man!
1: Oh, he was know, brilliant I, as the master. What? You know legend. what?
4: He was so brilliant. I, 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 I it just makes me want to watch the John Pertweed era again. Do you know? What mm. I agree. Mean? So mm. good.
1: Do you have a favorite Delgado story, Ian? Do you think?
4: Yeah. The one uh, I keep at uh, the, the, is it old The old tons. Terror, it- terror, okay. the, the old tons. Yeah. I love that. I love it. I, mean, I I've, I've watched it five times already. But he's brilliant. Wow. He's absolutely brilliant in it. Do you know he's what I mean? I think it's a shame that they didn't keep that persona of the master throughout instead of creating this crazy master, which didn't make yeah. any sense to me. Yeah. But there you but go. That, but...
3: That's the problem with regenerations, though, isn't it? Each one's supposed to be different. I mean, Delgado, you're right, Ian. I totally agree with you. Terror of the Autons is his first story, it and it feels like he's been there forever. Yeah. 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 Cool, and he
4: commands... it? The thing about him is he commands the screen. When he's on, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. any other totally. actor, he's the totally. man in charge. He's the man. Yeah. and that's that's
1: and this I'm of course. You. And this, of course, is why John we used to get a little bit nose out of joy. <laughs> yes, he, but Delgado was feeling his thunder. He was commanding Here's
0: the star, <laughs> and yeah. it never mattered what uh, <laughs> what silly what silly pseudonym they'd yep. given the master, or yep. what they gave him to wear. Where, yeah, even some of the things they got him to do, Roger Delgado was uh, was consummate. He was uh, down for whatever they would fire his way. He, he you could just tell. He loved playing this character, relished every single oh, Look at line. his
4: face, though. He looks yeah. evil. That's what yeah. I'm saying. He's so yeah. perfect to play the master. And when you oh, see other masters that followed him, they were kind of not so... Look- I they agree. Didn't, oh, they didn't have the look.
1: Oh, I agree. Anyway. He was literally born to play the master, and the master was. was born to be played by him, and, and almost, yeah. yes, never have come back kind of thing. I agree. He's And as a child, I just remember being completely entranced by the master, I don't remember being scared by him. It, it was literally, it was an electrifying thing. I was for me.
4: scared. I was scared uh, of him when I was a kid. Definitely, it's uh,
1: it's
0: not. Well, it's very sad, and it's mm. hard as we as we come up now to fifty years since the passing of of Roger and since the Pertwee era and all these things. You know, fifty years, half a century. It sounds yeah. like a long period of time because it is a long period of time, and you feel obviously i'm sad that we didn't get to see him play the master some more but you know he wasn't a very old man and you and he you think i'm vampire. sad that i'm sad that he didn't get to see how loved that character has mm. become his his performance of it uh, and things as they as they are now you know it's just like with william hart and other people so you know so we've got pictures we've got the episodes we know we know very little yeah. about him. You know, he, he didn't give many interviews. I understand. We've got uh, some pictures of him in day to day life, and, and I, I think we cherish what we have got. I
1: can still I can still remember being at a convention back in the eighties, and John Levine was there, um, and John Levine was saying about how much uh, Roger Delgado loved the series, loved being in it, uh, and I remember John Levine saying, you know, to the whole to this huge crowd of people at this convention, can you imagine? if Roger Delgado was to walk in now. And it literally just sent goosebumps down your spine because it was just this entrancing thought of, my God, Roger Delgado, the the place would just erupt. He never knew, you're right, Dan, the love that people had for him and for the character. Is there anybody out there that does not love Roger Delgado as the master? Oh, I I I met your master. master.
4: He's the, only, he's the only person on screen that can make holding a little cigar weapon yeah. threatening. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. like holding it there like yeah. that. Hello, like doctor. You know what I mean? You think freaking so, hell. I'm yeah, scared. We still <laughs> revere
0: you, Roger Delgado. Absolutely. absolutely. And yeah, thanks for putting all that together, Simon. It's always, oh. always a, a blast. From the past, and we have people enjoying it in the chat as well, sharing their memories and their favourite Roger Delgado stories and performances. But yes, we're going to go back to the sort of present.
5: Yeah. There
0: we are. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Shut fried up. your brain, fried I'm your brain. ears. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I might, I might have to go to the loo in a minute. Oh, <laughs> warn me, that's coming on.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, yes, so that does nearly wrap us up this time Uh, we've got one more thing i want to get on screen (laughs) but yeah before we get there I just want Shut to remind off. you, that you haven't already, this has been a great show by our standards. It's been thank a fantastic you. live stream. Thanks to everybody who's been on the panel. Thanks to Queen Charlotte Shields back there. She's I hope she's enjoying her tea too. Simon Horton, Ian David Diaz and JT. Why is it when we say Queen Charlotte, do I always think of the big spider in Planet of the Spiders? Oh, no. What's going
5: on there? <laughs> no, no, <yeah. laughs> I that thank it's you to yeah.
0: everybody watching along there in the live chat on Facebook and on YouTube. But yeah, before we go, we cannot... Not look at this now. If you're if there's any (laughs) Doctor Who fans out there, I think it's probably only worth getting Twitter to follow Clayton Hickman and his colorisations of Doctor Who photos past. The man is like a colorization machine, and every yes. time you think you've seen, every time you think that you've seen the coolest thing this man can do, he goes and brings out another one. So there's an embarrassment of choices this week. We're just going to show you the one. Please follow him on Twitter. But yeah, this I'd always wanted to see this picture in color. So this is how it is. This is a picture. Talk of the Pertwee. Era. This is the uh, the three doctors. So this is John Pertwee with Patrick Ta- Troughton. And William Hartnell outside Ealing Studios in November of 1972, as they were filming. I think they just filmed the story, hadn't they? So yeah, here they are, all in costume. I think uh, I think Patrick was on the outside of a liquid lunch there. They don't. We haven't got a time <laughs> to be exactly when this picture was taken, but it's a fantastic photograph, and uh, it's in, been seen in various states of graininess over the years. Mm. Clayton mm. gave it a polish up in its black and white state. So we get to see the lines on those wonderful, beautiful faces. But he, of course, he went one better. He's colorized it as well. Prepare yourselves for uh, the upgrade, everybody.
1: Wow.
4: Wow. That's That's amazing. amazing. That's amazing. Fantastic.
0: Stunning. Exquisite. Well done. Thank you
3: yeah I mean bro. the whole thing about that. I mean, I mean, when 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 I saw this yesterday on Twitter when Clayton released this, I got chills I haven't yes. felt for years because this really? just evokes to me this is Doctor. Who. Yeah, this is Doctor. Who. And I get when I first saw that fit picture in the uh, or the equivalent of this in the Doctor Who Monster book, all those many, 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 many years ago. Yeah. And I was reminded that had, there had been the white haired guy before the one in the scarf. And then there were these other two guys. The the, the the sense of mystery for me, you know, I had to go to my dad and say, Who are these people? And he had to explain the whole thing about Doctor Who. Everything I, came flooding similar, back through that
5: colorized
3: picture yesterday. Did you? I love
4: those three. Those three are amazing. Absolutely. It's just Doctor Who,
3: isn't it? That, yeah.
1: that BBC. Yeah, it's much as who. much as much as I adore Tom Baker and he is my Doctor, I look at those three and I'm like, you know what? If it had stopped at that point, it would still have been an absolutely brilliant series because those guys, yeah. all three of them, are legends, aren't they? You know, again, yeah. is there anybody out there that doesn't love those three blokes on screen right there? I, yeah, Jodie fans,
4: people, no doubt.
0: People think, watching yeah. along here in the chat who maybe haven't seen these pictures before—it's so just much.
4: totally special,
5: really. Yeah, it is
0: and, and as Kelly says watching in the chat so much colorization is rubbish yeah. this, this is great these are great you know and clayton does accept some serious challenges as well you know i've worked as a mm. research artist i know how hard some of this stuff is and mm. he gamely steps into the breach he'll, he'll take he'll pick up well i don't know if he picks up every gauntlet we don't see the things that he turns down but the the jobs that he's taken on like this the photographs that he has colorized not only do they look better than ever, but some of them, I, I never thought I'd see them.
3: But it's down to the little touches here. I mean, he's got the costumes perfect. And Garbage was just saying they're glad they, they got the correct yeah. clothes on. Well, that's because they're the the, the, the the costumes they were wearing in the actual Three Doctors episodes of Garbage, of course. Um. But look at the different. You can just see in the trees behind the guys, you can see the different gradients of green. Yeah. I, um, mean, I mean, he's a walking colouring book, isn't he?
0: <laughs> so it seems, so it seems. So Just brilliant, I'll, brilliant. I said this to him last year on Twitter, and you know, bear in mind that he's upped his game seriously since then. I said to, to Clayton, if you don't turn these into a calendar, somebody will. So yeah. I think somebody's got to do something with these photos. Yeah, They're absolutely good beautiful. I like that I calendar. Go
3: to, yeah, a me I love, I love the three
4: doctors, print. great yeah. stuff.
3: So, As to say, though, it's just the feeling that comes from that. I think we're all getting it here, aren't we? The chills oh, I just, I mean, wow. It's so special. So special.
1: It's, yeah. It is why we love Doctor special Who. A special
0: yeah. time for a special show. I mean, you could say that there's been we uh, an abundance, <laughs> an abundance of special times when it comes to Doctor Who, Ooh. and we've had a special time with you this afternoon here on the Space YouTube Ooh. channel on Type Forty Live. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. I hope you yeah. enjoyed it as we have. We yes, we're going to remind you that uh, Simon and I, our uh, podcast stroke vodcast, reviewing the Clack art book from candy jar books that's up on the channel this week you can find it very very easily there or on the on the podcatcher of your choice we're talking spotify stitcher google play you name it we're on it just go and search type 40 doctor who podcast and you'll see us you can follow us and stream or download to your heart's content on that if you've enjoyed this live stream it's been your first with us because we have had a lot of people watching this afternoon You'll be pleased to learn, maybe, (laughs) There are 20-odd other similar long-form conversations like this. You know, some are about Doctor Who in the here and the now and breaking news, or just idle bits of gossip that we fancy tuning the fat over. And some are dedicated, what we call event shows, such as Doctor Who run the show, where several of us decided what we would do. If we were the showrunner, we should probably do that again, I think.
4: You should watch it, everybody. Watch it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely watch that video. Or you should go and watch Talking K9, where we had Bob Baker and Paul Tams from K9 official on board to talk about the past, present, and the future of the Doctor's Tin Dog Companion. Absolutely glorious. Or there was our Doctor Who Day Extravaganza from 2020 last year and lots of other stuff. Christmas party, we've We've had some great conversations, which you've all been part of, and we can't thank you enough. So, yeah, please like the video, subscribe to the channel for more, and hit the cloister bell so you don't miss the next time that we go live here on Type 40 <laughs> Live on this Facebook's YouTube channel. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us this afternoon, this evening. We're all going to go and get some tea now, as always. But, yeah, thanks to you for watching, too. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
5: Bye.
0: Those shows are up blast to make. We'll be putting more of them out too here on the Type 40 feed. But if you want to catch Type 40 live, literally live, join in with the comments on YouTube and Facebook and wherever. Head over to YouTube, search for The Space Book and there we are. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the little cloister bell. Then you'll get all the notifications on when we'll be live streaming next. We always have the time. If you have the space here at Type 40, thanks for listening. More soon. Take care. Bye-bye.